Welcome to Wacker Slaps Presents Superior Slaps, where we look back into the archives of greatest hits records to determine if an album or a band or even an entire discography was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. Like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of another podcast that is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. Per usual, I am joined by Mamma Mia. <laughs> I don't know. I ran out of. I, I had of a better one. I had something here, but I can't recall it. So I'll just say this is uh, your producer, Adrian, knowing me and knowing you. Oh, very good. And uh, I am your co-host, Noah. S.O.P. Save our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> please please yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> what are you sipping on dude i got a celebration ale oh nice first, first one of the season i just got some some water for now but maybe at the break i'll crack into the i got some japanese beers Ooh, very nice okay let's get into it today on the podcast Wacker Slaps presents Superior Slaps. We are doing ABBA Gold colon Greatest Hits from what year did this thing come out? This bad boy came out way back in 1992. 92. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear that 92 production all over this. <laughs> that 92 remaster. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Dr. Dre did the mastering for this thing <laughs> I, it, it sounds pretty it sounds pretty great i wouldn't be surprised if oh yeah you know dr dre's a abba head for sure if you're not an abba head i don't even like if you're a fan of music you should be an abba head if, if you're a fan of production you should be an abba head because this shit is fucking off the yeah. charts like ridiculously good it's like yeah it's such refined music all right well Let's go. First things first, Adrian, you want to give us a review? Yeah. So this one is a little, are you sure you know, I, I was waiting for you to go into something for 35 since it's episode 35. You know, oh yeah. 35. It's episode 35. We've been doing this podcast for about a year and we managed to get 35 episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's been a little uh, spotty a little, as of late, but I think we're a little paltry. You know, we're uh we're we're working our way back. Um, I mean, yeah, no one's listening. <laughs> we actually that's not true. We got fans all over the world, across uh all five, five six, whatever. How many continents do we got? We got we're on all of them except for Antarctica. So that's pretty good, right? Come on, scientists, get your <laughs> shit together. Yeah, one of you nerds down there doesn't doesn't like indie rock. Come on, man. Yeah, come uh, on. Um, uh, thirty five. I did have something. I was going to say, what's the 35th, uh, whatchamacallit movie? Bergman, Ingmar Bergman. Oh. Being that he's from uh, uh, Sweden, Sweden, right? Yes. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, ABBA is to music what Sven 
twist is to the moving image. <laughs> so rich, so clean, so warm, so, so good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Bergman, Bergman. Um, I'm looking this up now. because, like, I have it here. Oh, you do? What is it? I was going to say, do you want to throw out a guess? <sighs> no. I mean, I know it's late, so I was going to say something like Fanny and Alexander, but I don't know if that's correct. I think it's, it's before that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dude, I think, has like 60 movies in his... He was prolific. Yeah. Filmography. I don't know. Just give it to me. <clears throat> Hour of the Wolf. Oh. I don't know if I've seen that one. Ur the Wolf. Yeah, I think I've seen I've seen it a million like the name a million times. But I don't know if I ever sat down and watched that. One. I've never seen that one either. It's a Vance Sydow, and it's yeah. what some people say is his like only horror film, hmm. which is weird because if you ever seen like Cries and Whispers, that movie's kind of scary. Freaked me out. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I yeah. I've I uh, I've similarly heard that, but I, I'm not sure. I uh, so it, it's weird. Out. It was an influence. I think this is, I'm thinking of the same one. It was an influence on like Last House on the Left, I think, because it's like a rape mm. revenge movie. Or maybe I'm thinking of Virgin Spring. Mm. Maybe that was one. I can't remember. I get them all jumbled up. I watched like 20 of his films, like I think last year, with some like pandemic watching. And I liked them all, but they they did start to kind of blur together because I'd watch like one or like or like two or three like in a week. Yeah, that's kind of the issue with watching like a filmography. Yeah, uh, unless like the director has you know uh, varies it varies it up a lot. <clears throat> but with Bergman, like it's he's working in a lot of the same register for a lot of this, so I can see that happening. Yeah, you know, same with like Antonioni or something like that, where it's like, okay, I you know, I, I see what this is, but uh, and they're all set, they're all filmed like in his backyard, like that island that he lived in for the Frisians, <laughs> the Faro, Faro Island. Nice. Hey, actually, shout out, Fair. We have some fans out there. Shout out, really. We got some listeners out there. Yep, they're gonna love this one. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into it then. Uh, yeah, so okay. I have a couple of reviews. This one, we were luckily, we're in luck because this one has a Pitchfork review, which I pulled an extensive excerpt from. Uh, First, I'll go into the All Music review, which is by Bruce Eder. It is a five out of five review, uh, which seems to be par for the course for all these greatest hits. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, here we go. ABBA's 19-song gold collection was the first hits compilation prepared specifically for the CD format by the 1970s supergroup, and appearing after a period of several years in which their music had been off the market, was a welcome addition to their catalog. It is still the simplest and most straightforward collection of this group's material that is possible to buy. So, (laughs) pretty dry, basically (laughs) just saying, like, this is a greatest hits of ABBA. Please go buy it. You got money? Uh, <laughs> this is ex- this is the one <laughs> you can exchange that for a record <laughs> yeah money can be exchanged for records it's uh, like wait are you reviewing commerce or <laughs> um, <Abba> gold yeah exactly <laughs> luckily so the, gotta, the... go ahead no, sorry yeah no i was just gonna make some more dumb jokes like you got a 20 burning a hole in your pocket <laughs> you can buy this album and you know what? If you do have a 20 burning a hole in your pocket, you should buy this album. Although 
I imagine you'd probably buy it on, uh, you know, the internets. But uh, anyways, yeah. you have like a fraction of a Bitcoin, you could exchange it for something. I only uh, traffic in what's the one that just the, whatever the one that just failed. That was that was a joke. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, they're all failing because crypto is a big Ponzi scheme. Yes. But we are we are going to introduce our own NFT in the near future. <laughs> yes. Anyways, the future is bleak. The, so the Pitchfork <laughs> review uh, is is uh, a little bit more ex- uh, extensive on this, and it's uh, got a great great score, an eight point three. It's by Jameson Cox, uh, who's you know has written a, quite a for quite a while over there, I believe. And here is what he has to say. Fondness for Greatest Hits records exists because of the real power Greatest Hits albums once had. They threw open doors for curious new listeners, solidified artists' place in the canon, and transformed reputations that had followed into disrepair. In his 2016 eulogy for Greatest Hits, anthologies, and other similar reissues, Stephen Thomas Earlywine noted that Bob Marley could have languished in relative obscurity were it not for the release of Legend in 1984. By focusing on the hits, they crystallized the essence of each star, wrote Earlywine, touching on compilations of work by Elton John, Billy Joel, and Tom Petty. Over time, those greatest hits albums, purchased as a package, repeated incessantly on the radio, formalized each act's conventionally accepted canon, and in turn, cemented their enduring public personas. If the ideal greatest hits collection captures the fundamental truth about an artist, stitches them into an enduring place in our cultural fabric, and sells enough copies to fund the purchase of a minor island, then Abba Gold, a 79-minute buffet of shocky ballads, elegant pop delicacies, and disco heat rocks, is the definitive example of the format. The 1992 compilation rounded up all of the Swedish pop band's international smashes into a refined package with surprising emotional range. It capitalized on a simmering subcultural interest in ABBA's work and sparked a full-blown revival, one that culminated in Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan belting and grunting their way through SOS in the movie version of Mamma Mia. And it became one of the best-selling albums of all time, with copies continuing to trickle out of stores in shocking numbers to this day. Because of gold, ABBA has become an integral part of the world around us. Their music floating through common spaces around the world like a music fan's lingua franca. Without it, the band might have remained a curio, the kind of half-forgotten treasure you have to seek out rather than stumble upon. And I think that's... Lingua water? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's a pretty succinct and nice kind of, not only a summation of this compilation, but just like the idea of a compilation in general. Like the way, like I I totally agree the way that these definitive compilations help solidify a canon and help solidify like the, 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 you know, the artist's... Uh, reputation and their, you know, their, their, whatever, their whole milieu in, in, in the public eye. I mean, it's, you know, it's to completely right. Like the Eagles, you know, they, obviously they would still be a huge band, but without that greatest hits, you know, would they be as, as, as well-known as they are, as, as ubiquitous as they are, let's say. Yes. Yes. It's kind of your like one-stop shop for the general deal of what a band is. Right. Or ideally it should be. I mean, some of them are clearly just cash grabs where it's like, all right, here's 15 singles slapped together. No thought to the track list. And just, you know, I think uh, about like the Radiohead greatest hits, for example, from about 10 years ago or whenever their Capitol Records deal went up and uh, they released those those greatest hits. And it was like, well, I mean, what? yeah, exactly. What it's was like, it called? 
greatest hit or did it have some weird name it was great i think it was something about great like not greatest hits but something like that and it was just like it was yeah. like a buzz in the corridor of the <laughs> machine greatest hits 92 to 99. yeah exactly it might have even been like the capital years or something like that you know which is was buzz saw in the locker room or i don't know something stupid <laughs> Are we still Radiohead fans, Adrian? I am. I you know. Do I listen to them regularly? No, but uh, they still you know they still they still got bangers. They're still good. I think I fell off around like in rainbows, maybe. Oh, it's been a while. Well, uh, the smile I'd say is pretty good for you know if for Radiohead connected things. Uh, I I certainly liked it better than some of the Tom York solo stuff and whatnot. Uh, I thought that was this file record was pretty good. Oh, that's his new band, huh? Yeah, him and Johnny Greenwood and um, the drummer. I forget where he's from, but he's also a uh, been around, you know. But, you know, it's nice to jazzy, kind of dark in the same kind of Radiohead vibe, but uh, a little bit more pared back, a little simplified. It's it's nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, Have you seen Mamma Mia? No, uh, I have not actually seen Mamma Mia. Uh, I've seen like bits of it because you know, there's you can't go past TNT or or whatever AMC <laughs> and not pop you know, one of those movies is on at some point, and I'm sure yeah, that's still two the case. of them, right? Yeah, there's what like Mamma Mia, you know, the, I heard Mamma Mia to Mama better, people love Mamma Mia too. Yeah, what well, have you seen them or what? No, surprisingly, as big of an ABBA fan that I am, yeah. are we saying ABBA or ABBA? I think I said ABBA in the just to fit the flow of the reviews, but I think it's it's probably ABBA, right? I don't know. I think it's either either or. Let's split the difference and say ABBA. ABBA. <laughs> so ABBA. Uh, no, I never saw Mamma Mia. Maybe I will watch it one day, and I never saw. Are you a street head? Uh, yeah, I like street. I don't know. I'm not like a street stan. Yeah. That's there's enough of those. <laughs> but uh and Mamma Mia was a Broadway play, right? Or Broadway production. Was it I was first? trying to think about that. Was it the what I believe it was a, a musical, right? Before the movie. Yeah, and, I think it must have been. And then they turned the movie in a it's a little franchise, right? Man. Uh are they doing a sequel musical, I wonder? I don't uh, know. Imagine those checks, though. That's when you like, that <laughs> next level. That's like yacht money. Yeah, You're talk like, about yeah, it, dude. They picked us up on Island. Broadway. Like, uh, uh, what's his nuts now? Cameron Crowe's just like, woo, cha-ching. Got the oh, almost I heard that famous. Play, I heard that play is a stinker, though, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Is that movie good? I don't know. I don't know either. I wonder. So is I wonder if that play is like all music. I it's think like it from Penny what the Lane, Penny Lane. I know this girl named Penny Lane. <laughs> from She's from like, the shots I've seen, happening. it's the traditional kind of uh, mix of you know songs and uh, and uh, play, but like a butt rock. <laughs> like, yeah, what's this? The still like, Sweetwater, right? Yeah. William Miller, just make us look cool. <laughs> it's like, no, you became friends with the band. <laughs> does uh um, guys like us will never be cool does uh philip seymour hoffman does his uh does he come back from the see do you have a you know do they um 
do a uh yeah, like hologram a, version of uh <laughs> Lester, Lester Bangs. Lester Bangs, I'm sorry, Lester Bangs, not Lance Bangs. Yeah, like his name is Lester Bangs. <laughs> it's morning maniac up. music. He's like, I live off Benzies and typewriter ink. <laughs> I write my screeds. Give me 5,000 words on Mata Hoople. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. They should have hired you. You could have done uh, a great I could book. Write the, write the book, <laughs> the libretto or whatever. <laughs> nice. Um, um, so but yeah. I was thinking, though, the Mamma Mia, they are tailor made for like Broadway. There is a very show tunes vibe. And that sounds like yeah. a diss, but, but it's no, no, no. It, uh, you know, people take, high camp or people say you know whatever cabaret people will say you know all this stuff like yeah it's not an insult when you're talking about abba like it, it it's kind of just what they yeah. are and like it is could, camp yeah because they they know what they're doing they're like yes right. we're making like if you want to make pop music make it the most poppy sugary earwormy like ever like they're like we're gonna take pop music and just pop it up so hard <laughs> i mean seriously but then it comes back around it becomes very interesting because they do that i guess i guess we should just do what would you say their deal is adrian you know it's hard to say like i think you're like you're saying like they're they're not exactly a joke band or a novelty band but it's very easy to kind of think of them that way maybe for some people because they started off that you know obviously they first came to fame as uh winning the eurovision song uh, contest which is this big you know if you're not uh, aware of what that is it's a big contest every year they hold it in uh, europe for and they search for the you know the song of the year or whatever from and every, all these different countries can enter it i think i believe it was around this time that they won that the the rules allowed for you to sing in non native languages i believe that's something something like that a rule change allowed them to kind of have this big hit with waterloo and uh it kind of exploded so i think people kind of think about that and maybe the you know also disco in general is not taken yeah, seriously that, which would is you ridiculous. say they are uh, yeah they are disco, well it's, right? it is disco it is but dance you know music, they're a pop band but you could yeah. say they're a dance pop band, I guess, uh, you know, yeah. but to reduce them to these things, I think is, is not fair at all. And also, uh, you know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with being a disco band. There's nothing wrong with being a pop band, um, especially when you're doing it at this high level, mm -hmm. you know, but I think people look at them in kind of a, like they're cheesy or something. It's yeah. like, but like, no, you don't understand. Like they're, like you said, they're in on the joke. They're in on the cheese. They know what they're doing. They, they know what they're putting out there. Like they're not idiots. They're, they're, you yeah. know. And because they won that song contest, they sort of put Sweden on the map as like the pop oh, yeah. uh, lyricist that became a whole industry for decades after. Yeah, even to this day, I think ABBA. they're still, you know. Yeah, it became like a little cottage industry. Well, not even a cottage. It just became pop music, really. What did you think of that Will Ferrell movie? Well, <laughs> one about the Eurovision song. Remember that? Oh my god, I, I completely doesn't, doesn't that seem like that was like 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, when was that? Must have been like what eight, six or seven years ago, maybe. No, I, I think it was like early pandemic days. Oh god, really? Oh yeah, no, it was like geez. It was like <laughs> June of 
2020. People lost their shit over that fucking. Thing. Oh my good, what, uh, my goodness! You're right. It's it came out on June 26, 2020. So right in the uh, right in the hearts of that early pandemic. So they all always remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember people just losing their mind over this, and I was like, I went into it thinking like, oh, is this going to be like a ABBA movie? I was like, that's fucking rad. And then I was like, to be oh, confused no. with ABBA the movie. Oh yeah, I have the movie. I did see that, but then I watched it, and I was like, I can see why people are loving this, especially now because it's a very happy thing mm. in times of troubling times. But it was like fucking felt like it was like a four-hour movie. It was just the, I don't know. I lost my taste for Will Ferrell. I think. I think people. I think society lost their taste in will ferrell for some reason like he seems to not have fallen out of favor i think it was somewhere around the ad campaign for anchorman 2 when i was like this has gone too far i like, think for me it was when why he is this that guy at every language? basketball game and every right. <laughs> baseball oh yeah right playing uh, baseball now <laughs> that cross synergy like fuck that was bad <laughs> uh annoying I think for me it was when he made that Spanish language movie, and, and oh. I was just like, "Oh man, really? Like, oh, what Nacho we're doing Libre? Now? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like the something Padre. of your of your pod, like the the something of your father. Yeah. I forget what it was. That was such a weird turn he was having in his career. He yeah. did that one, that Padre, where it's like the joke is he just speaks Spanish. Okay, cool. So do like millions right. of people. Uh, and then it was like, and then it was like. Uh, he did that one Lifetime movie with oh, Kristen yeah. Wiig where they played it straight. Yes. And so it's like, so now the joke is just the movie. Like, look at us. It's like, no, you still got to have jokes. Like, it yeah. can't just be the, the concept can't be the joke. You can't stop at the con. Like, that's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's lazy. <laughs> All right. Enough about this. Enough. You get into the movie film talk. <laughs> We're turning this to a movie podcast. Do they have those yet? <laughs> you know, about I think we might be breaking ground here. All right. Well, actually, go look at, we did a little three episode. Uh, our arc. little arc. Yeah. Our uh, our former uh, special. Uh, what was you want to hear us talk about movies, just refer back to our uh, superior. Our twin cinema. Twin cinema. There yes. you go. All right. Anyways. So ABBA, yeah. Disco, dance, definitive pop, influential. Change the game, change the game. One of the only acts to come out of a a TV contest and really made their mark. It'd be like them, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I think like Usher finished second in Star Search. Oh yeah. Star um, Search. Boy. He lost to like some <laughs> hacky comedian. <laughs> of course, because it's Star Search. Yeah. But uh anyways. Got that Ed McMahon bump, huh? Yeah, that's true. He's like this little kid, Usher. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do some uh, album background. Yeah, so this one I'll keep a little brief since it's uh, quite a long album, and there's gonna be I'm gonna intersperse some little yeah, facts. We've points. been recording for an hour. <laughs> we did 20 minutes on Will Ferrell. <laughs> Our solid 20 minute Ferrell break. <laughs> but anyways, I yeah, I so I pulled a bunch of stuff as usual, but. We will, you know, we will dive in song by song and there will be some more facts going in there. But to get into the general background here, this album pulls from nine of ABBA's albums released between 1974 and 1981. 
All of the tracks were produced by Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulvaeus. Ulvaeus? Ulvaeus? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, Benny and let's just call him Benny and Bjorn. <clears throat> yeah, we're probably not even saying Benny, right? <laughs> Benny. The songs were recorded primarily at various studios in Stockholm, Sweden, and barring a couple, like I think one or two exce- uh, exceptions, it was released on September 21st, 1992 by Polygram Records. So just over 30 years ago. The album contains 19 songs from nine of the al- from the nine albums and, and compilations and includes numerous worldwide number one hits and Dancing Queen being the only number one single on the Billboard 200. But they did have a number of number one hits worldwide, many in the UK, many in Sweden and in various European countries, Australia, et cetera, et cetera. If you ask somebody like, or if you looked up in the dictionary, number one billboard hit song, there'd be like a picture of Dancing Queen. It is kind of the epitome of like pop song, yeah. pop single. Like it is one of the most, and it is one of just the most iconic songs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the album has been released in several versions, including a few remasters, as well as an expanded version with video material and as well, and packaged with its sequel disc, More Gold. Uh, colon more hits uh, so that's right they have so many hits so much good stuff that they yeah. had to split it into two got more um, hits than mike tyson <laughs> uh can we talk about him isn't he is he back to being canceled i don't know uh oh did he do something again or? i thought so maybe i'm wrong on that or are we back to the positive uh mike tyson anyways i think we're uh, like post caring about tyson because nobody i know has watched that hulu show oh mike, that's just, it looks mike. like absolute garbage i must say <laughs> anytime you hear something get announced oh it's going to be a big hollywood movie jamie fox is going to play mike tyson <laughs> yeah. it's like what mike tyson was like 19 when he fucking won the title <laughs> yeah, so that's why, weird why is a 53 year old but that's always a bad sign when it goes from a you know a huge like f gary grades directing the mike tyson <laughs> biopic and then it's like oh five years later it's actually going to be like an eight-part miniseries on Hulu. f gary gray is producing it <laughs> yeah. we're getting some other yeah denzel's gonna play his dad or something yeah you know it's bad you know it's not even like bad like so bad it's good because there's no yeah. memes there's no no one's even it's talking like about it anthony hopkins hopkins gonna, is gonna play gus damato his <laughs> trainer fucking <laughs> teddy atlas is playing himself. Oh, Teddy Allen. Oh man, that's taking me back to the. That guy's a firebrand. Golden He's still days out there. of boxing. He's still out there. Yeah. Anyways, back to Abba. Back to Abba. One re-release that coincide uh, also coincided with the the release of the jukebox musical Mamma Mia. So I think the mo- the movie helped catapult this once again. I mean, it's always been a perennial bestseller, but I'm sure the the movie just skyrocketed back to the top again. Uh, well, I know it did. Uh, I'll have a little bit more stats here, but it was also released in a Spanish version called Aba Oro. Grandes Exitos. I got that. I don't think it has every song. No, it's not like a one-to-one. It's no. more of like the like the Spanish version of it. So like they have a they have quite a few Spanish language hits mm-hmm. or, or songs because they recorded a compilation yeah. back in 1980 called Gracias por la Musica. Musica. And is- it makes sense because they sound kind of like romanticas, a lot of their yes. production style. Like if you 
if you drop these guys into Mexico and just ask them to play some, yeah, some, you know, whatever, some, some, some bandas music or something like they could probably pull it off, you know, like they could definitely yeah. do it. And it speaks to the, the universality of their, their, right. their songwriting ability. I mean, they're already writing in a foreign tongue as it is with English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that it's like, yeah, we could do Spanish. Fuck it. Yeah. These songs are, you, you could translate this into like any language. Right. Exactly. And it works. Uh, and those songs are great and their Spanish versions are great. I mean, obviously they have, you know, the accent's a little wonky, but it's, it's charming. And it's in the fact that they're actually, you know, put, put thought into like putting out a Spanish language hit record, like record, like that's, that, that just shows like, yes, that they care about their fans and they care about, you know, then uh, doing experiment and experimenting with different things and trying out different things. Yeah. Uh, Will Farrell. <laughs> that's how you do Spanish. Yeah. No, no pandering. You get, you just got straight up show appreciation, <laughs> bro. So gold has peaked at number 25 on the billboard 200 chart. And recently September, 2021, it hit number 34, that's probably coinciding with the re- release of the second movie, maybe. I don't yeah. know. As of 2018, Gold has sold 5.8 million copies in the U.S., making it the 19th biggest selling album of the Nielsen SoundScan era, i.e. the post-1991 you know, record collection data era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in August of 2019, it became the second highest album of all time in the U.K., behind only Queen's greatest hits, with sales of 5.61 million copies. So that's pretty crazy. Like, like Queen UK. Elizabeth it was like her speeches. <laughs> uh, no, uh, RIP, uh, uh, Lizzie. Uh, what's what is Queen's greatest hits? What is it? It's like her, <laughs> she's talking about like inflation must come to an end. <laughs> My corgis. Uh, I don't know what uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever even in Winston Churchill. <laughs> Wow, that's a deliver us the deep cut. Uh, no, Queen the band, right? Yeah, of course. The which I mean, do that, I like Queen. I always have to ask myself that every time I hear Queen, I'm like, do I like Queen? I don't think. See, so. I like, I like, I love Queen. I've always loved. They've been, like even since a child, I I love Queen. Uh, so yeah, they do that campy thing pretty well, I guess. Right. The the kind of winking kind of you know at, at like we know this is kind of theatrical, over the top and theatrical yeah. and crisp, but we're all in on it and we're having a good time yeah and then in august of 2019 it, the gold also became the longest running top 100 album of all time in the uk spending 1000 weeks on the charts 1000 weeks crazy the first to pass and it's the first to pass the 1k mark so that's wild uh, it spent 61 non-consecutive weeks in the top 10 and topped the charts five times, most recently following the release of Mamma Mia. So Damn. just incredible numbers here. Uh, in November of 2021, it was awarded 20 times platinum by the British phonographic industry, denoting sales of 6 million units. So it just gets better, bigger and bigger. It is certified five times platinum in Germany with 2.5 million records sold and 10 times platinum in Switzerland. It charted in Austria for 397 weeks. It's the second all-time record for longest day on the charts. So just, you know, incredible numbers here. Incredible So this is Sweden's greatest export, probably. Probably. Like, in terms of, like, cultural reach, like, yeah. What else do they make? Cars (laughs) or something? Ikea, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess Ikea. (laughs) Benny and Bjorn are like, fucking Ikea. We're taking them down. I'm surprised. has they ever done? Have they ever done an I, 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 IKEA in, in, cross in store? 
ABBA. Like that would, I mean, come on. It writes itself, people make it happen. <laughs> <clears throat> and as the, as we, you know, uh, as you could see from the two reviews I pulled, it has received generally positive reception and has been called one of the most influential compilation albums ever released is credited with reviving interest in the band, as we mentioned, following a decade-long decade decline in popularity following their initial breakup in 82, uh, following the divorce of the two uh, titular yeah, couples. they had a bitter, which sucks, is that's why they, like, never tour together anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, it's understandable. But then I'm they sure. don't have to. They're just like, we made more money on fucking Mamma Mia's <laughs> opening weekend than any tour has. Well, that's the also the interesting. I mean, we'll we can touch on it on the maybe when we get to like the where are they now of eighty two though. That's wild because their first album is like what seventy six, uh seventy four. I believe was the first. Uh, yeah, seventy four. So in like eight short years, man, the breadth of their <laughs> catalog is insane. Like almost every year they made an album, mm -hmm. and all those albums are like incredible really wild it's you know i don't think people think of it but pound for pound you could argue that just they're yeah they're i have it right here the, this run so they have abba the waterloo album 74 same year they have ring ring then they have self-titled 75 arrival 76 which the has dancing Queen. album yeah the album 77 which was a perennial thrift store yeah, oh yeah. You always see that there for like a dollar. Go get it. ABBA probably, is a, is a great there. thrift store uh because a lot, there's always going to be one record there that by ABBA and it's always going to be a good one, so. Yeah. Then they take a little break. 79 is Voulez-vous. Mm -hmm. And then 80 is Gracias por la Musica. 80 again, Super Trooper. Whew. And then yeah, like 82, they make their last one. Or Visitor visitor right visitors yeah. 81 which is probably my favorite it's a it's a bang it's like a kind of an underrated classic of, of yeah of the 80s i think yeah and that that's it then a live album in 86 wow they got yeah. in what is it get in early leave late oh something? right something like that <laughs> yeah I mean, not to mention the numerous compilations the numerous you know whatever and There's i think people forget and myself included, you could forget of because this greatest hits is so huge. You could forget of forget they are like an album band. Yeah, like yeah. Really, it wasn't just singles. Like they're no. They do there is a distinction on all of their releases too? There's like a growth to the band. Like by the time the visitor comes out, it's kind of a darker album. Yeah, a lot of more like story songs on there, like character studies and stuff like that. Well, that's the thing is like their songs are a lot have a lot more depth than people give them credit for. I think because mm -hmm. the the packaging is sort of really can often be poppy or schlocky or campy or whatever theatrical yeah. that you're not really you don't pay attention to what the stuff they're saying, but the stuff they're saying is is actually really you know poignant and can be really sad. They're it can be not really beautiful. I think they're cool as hell, but yeah, you don't necessarily think Abba. That's cool. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> like it doesn't, it, it's not like, uh, like to this day when people say like, who are your favorite bands? I'll be like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Like ABBA, Velvet Underground. They're like ABBA. They'll be right. like, yeah, they're great. Right. Like it's it, exactly. People scoff at that because they just don't, they, they just don't think of them as, is that, but, but they, they totally were that. And that was not, 
by accident. It was something that they, they, you know, they aspired to, they, they were trying to be like the Beatles. They were trying to be like the Bee Gees. They were trying to be like the beach boys. They were trying to make these, you know, these monsters. I would say hits. album for album better than the Beatles. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> you know, I, I, you could definitely make that argument and I would, I would, you know, I, I'll take I'd, the I'd be visitor right all day over, uh, the white album, Sergeant pepper, <laughs> Sergeant pepper is not that good guys. Sergeant pepper. I love That's it. That's like schlocky fucking show tunes music. I think personally, as I get gotten older, you know, early on, it was always the druggy ones. It was, you know, Revolver and Sergeant Peppers uh, yeah. and whatever, Magical Mystery Tour. But as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate the, you know, the mellow kind of like uh, mm -hmm. more like family, you know, whatever. They're the older, me, they're the, hitting their 30s, you know, the Abbey dude, Rose. Give me the, George, the give me George Solo and Paul Solo yes. any day over the Beatles. Yes. I don't know. I don't know why I'm shitting on the Beatles. Beatles are great. <laughs> of course. I mean, I mean, they're the Beatles, though. You know, I mean, like there's kind of just it's a given. But yeah, uh, just to, to top it off here to finish off our section, uh, our album background section, uh, the book or sorry, the album was also included in the book 1000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die by former Rolling Stone writer Tom Moon. And Elvis Costello included gold on his list of 500 essential albums for Vanity Fair. Uh, oh, I've never heard that list, Elvis Costello. No, I, I actually uh, five hundred. Wow. Yeah, I remember when. Um, I seem to remember when it came out. There's some some chatter around it, but I haven't ever checked out that list. But it seems like he had some good taste. So. Have you ever heard Elvis Costello? I guess he's just not shy of giving a magazine a feature. Because <laughs> I remember reading one that he did where it was like Elvis Costello programs your whole day of music. Oh, like, what? It's like I wake up at nine and I put on whatever uh, James cause on the dark end of the street. And then he would go like, like every hour in the day, he would give you like three songs that would like kind of build sort of like program your like musical listening day or something. It was, it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's one of the uh, all time greats up there. So. I'm sure he has a, a lot of uh, busted. I'm sure he has a lot of great, great, great records on that list. Um, is that his real name? Can't be. No, what is it? It's like what <laughs> no. Reginald something or the other. I can't. It's remember. worse than that. Declan McManus. Oh, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you British? What the fuck kind of name is that? <laughs> yeah, he made the right move. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for that history, man. That was a good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're already two and a half hours in. It's good. It's going good. <laughs> do you want to do a quick personal history or I'll just yeah. say they're one of my favorite bands. And I, I can't, uh, for the life of me, I can't pinpoint like when they really registered for me. You know, I certainly heard Dancing Queen and Waterloo, and I probably bought one of those albums, Arrival or The Album at a thrift store just because I always saw it and was like, what is the deal with this mm -hmm. ABBA? Cause it was always next to like that Chris Christopherson, like Barbara Streisand album, <laughs> you know, yes. just the shit albums that nobody's listened to. Like the right. star is born soundtrack, from like the seventies. Right. One of like, the Beach Boys seventies records. Yeah. Where like, it's like, is it just the same as that? Just like mm -hmm. age, aged music. That's like 
should be forgotten. Right. Should be relegated to the the bargain. Berg, Humperdinck, like (laughs) shit like that. But then I kept seeing it. So that's probably where I got it. And then I just, ah, man, it's it's been like a, I don't know, 15 year kind of obsession for me. Yeah. You've been, you've been with the ABBA head for, for quite a while. Yeah. What about you? you? Yeah. So uh, for me, you know, mostly I, obviously I, just through pop culture, you know, the, they've been uh, constantly in my, in, in our lives, let's say uh, just uh, the radio or whatever. Um, but, but I didn't really get deeper into them until, yeah, probably around the same time, maybe the late 2020, the late aughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started getting deeper into like stuff like the BG stuff, like, like ABBA stuff, like, you know, the Paradise Garage style disco things or Italo oh, yeah. disco or more, you know, stuff like Mata Hoople or other like, you know, kind of glammy pop stuff. And that, that was kind of when I started doing the deeper dive into ABBA and like realizing like, oh, shit, this is there's so much more than just fucking Dancing Queen or Fernando or whatever the, you know, whatever cheeseball stu- picture you had in your head. Yeah. Um, and then I like, yeah, the same, similarly, I, I grew to really love them and appreciate them. And, you know, my, my girlfriend, girlfriend's corner, uh, she, she also yeah. loves ABBA and, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, that, that if you don't, I, I don't understand, like, even if you don't like disco, even if you're not a big fan of pop music, how can you not listen to the, this music and just be happy or feel mm-hmm. like dancing? Like it, it, oh, it just always, inspires always. it, right? You can't help but move when you put this. It's like the yeah. room starts spinning in like a good way, not like a crossfaded drunk mm-hmm. way. No, and like in like a it's like this is what way, makes yeah. like the world turn. This type of you know, like this, this is, is the all kind of art, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> like shit might be bleak, but as long yeah. as there's some ABBA to listen to, you know, yeah. a little wine to drink, you know, a, a nice, you know, uh person to dance with, then it doesn't really matter. Like it's great. I do have a <laughs> funny story. I remember a, it's kind of a wifey's corner, right? Wifey's now. corner. But I think it was before we were married. But we were living together, shacking up, and uh, her friend, one of her out good of wedlock. F- yeah, no, fuck. <laughs> one of her uh, good friends was visiting, and I think I met her once or twice before, mm-hmm. but I didn't know her that well at the time. And she came over. I think it was Thanksgiving, actually. And so I was playing records, and I put on ABBA. I think I put on like Super Trooper that album. And she's like, "Oh my god, you just put on ABBA." And Kiki's like, oh, he loves Abba. And she was like, oh, my God, you're going to marry this man. Like, she, like, <laughs> gave me the blessing. Right there, there. Nice. Yeah. Abba, bringing people together. So, yeah, that, that's kind of been my, you know, my my take on or uh, my history with them. You know, I've always enjoyed them. I, You know, even as a kid, like, I, I liked all their songs. Uh, I remember there's, I think there's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Ooh. Fernando plays a big part of the episode. I can't remember exactly. I think Cloris Leachman is in it. Anyways, oh, yeah, I just remember she was the grandma on that. Yes, show. exactly. And I think she's like obsessed with the song and her and like the youngest kid had like a thing with it. Anyways, I just remember listening, seeing that and being like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a banger. Like what, what's going And then like, you know, I mean, obviously I was like, what, 13, 14 at the time. But I, even then I was like, this is kind of sick. Like, this is good. Like, I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know why people rip on them or like make fun of like, it's actually them super good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. 
Do we want to do a voicemail and then we'll do a track by track breakdown? We got four sides to this thing. Yeah, 19 this is... songs. We're here for two more hours. <laughs> Strap in, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, we got there's gonna be a lot to talk about, a lot of great music, but first of all, yeah, let's hear from our exiled leader, not really, but our leader Caleb, who is in Daddy, Daddy Land. Daddy Mia. Dadtopia. Uh, he had a lot to say uh, about ABBA. We did a oh little God, live. How record. long is it? It's an hour. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a few minutes, but he's, uh, you know, he, he has a, this he is has, a field recording. This is, this is the live recording hot in the studio uh, wow. record uh, when, uh, when Caleb was in town. So here we reporting go. here. Doing really nice. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we try a to little, make a little gotcha journalism. <laughs> <laughs> so caleb i hear that you don't like apple what do you have to say he's um, like get that fucking camera out of my face <laughs> uh Just ambush total ambush it was great the fake news media um <laughs> but anyways here here are caleb's thoughts on abba howdy everyone this is your host in exile caleb Actually recording live from the Wacker Slaps uh, studio here in gorgeous, uh, unincorporated Santa Maria, California. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about ABBA Gold, still on the um, Greatest Hits kick, which, you know, is a very noble pursuit. Um, this is a great little collection of songs. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you really say about ABBA? They, they fucking, they done did it, like... That is a good pop group, man. Like, I, everything is like so tight and just orchestrated, and dare I say, kind of mechanic. But it doesn't lose any soul or sort of atmosphere or any of that stuff. There's like, you know, there's like there's layers. You know, they're like excellent at layering their sound, also with like vocal harmonies and the way they sequence songs and do all their compositions it's just like there's something deeper than just kind of vapid pop music which i think a fucking idiotic listener might accuse them of being they're and in a way they're almost in a class of their own for that way you know because they're like you know they're from an era but they're not disco they're not pop they're not american pop music because they're swedish of course but it's like i don't know they're on kind of their own island or peninsula if you will and um yeah, all these songs are just fantastic. I got the opportunity to listen to this album um, a couple times before recording this. And um, yeah, it's just this album, you know, as a greatest hits, you know, collection is really well done. It's just like sequences everything really well. It starts out super fucking strong with, you know, the banger of all bangers, Dancing Queen, and then kind of like goes a little bit more familiar and then kind of gets more towards hits like fucking bangers but you know things that are piquing your interest because you're like oh maybe i'm a little more familiar with that and then they'll just like throw in mama mia and then they end with fucking waterloo and it's just like a lesser band with like not as much control of their artistic choices would have been like let's just stack those three songs and then fucking fuck off and we'll put a bunch of other kind of like lesser known songs or more experimental songs or whatever. So like the way that they kind of keep you captivated in that way, you know, with like mixing familiar jams with maybe more, more, you know, slightly more deeper album tracks. 
just really good on him in terms of like you know just a a technical choice that they did you know in relation to this being the greatest hits yeah i mean what can you really say about abba that hasn't already been said they're just they're just they're just elite fucking pop they are elite pop yeah it's fantastic really good harmonies just there's just something so controlled about it going on you know and i don't know if that's like the scandinavian thing or ethic or whatever that is i don't know anything about scandinavia or sweden or anything or why their music sounds this cool but yeah there's just hit after hit on this thing i mean some kind of highlights for me you know waterloo is just probably one of the better pop songs ever and what waterloo is that i was gonna say this earlier but forgot to that's dope about abba is they have an epicness to themselves and it's not because they're like cinematic which they are or cheesy which they are in a control way but they have this way of having this creating this density and this momentum and this way of building up to things and stretching things out and just adding just enough noise and layers and everything that they just sound fucking epic. They're like an epic pop band, you know? And I don't mean that in the, like the epic bacon kind of fucking dorky kind of way, but they just have a, I don't know. Epic's like the best word I can describe when I was listening to all these things. But, um, anyways, going back to tracks that I like, I really like super trooper. Um, that song's fucking dope. That chorus has been in my head for, a couple days now you know the second track the sophomore track knowing me knowing you that's a fucking great play on words the song fucking rules like it's all good i mean like mama mia is a little cheesy and you know it reminds you of those those great movies but it's a fucking banger it's a fucking banger the one like thing i, I might like kind of like fault them for and kind of your 2022 20, eyes is like you need a song called Chiquitita or Fernando and they kind of they throw a little bit of spice on it and stuff and it's like was Fernando like a Portuguese guy who wandered into your fucking village one day and you just kind of make a song about him I don't know they get a little weird racially on a couple songs I'm not going to go into it I'm not going to cancel them <laughs> they're wherever they're respectful they're loved all over the world but a couple 70s-esque choices were made around kind of how they represent other cultures in the world. You know, that's that's what I will say. That has to be said. If somebody like working for Jezebel or Gawk or whatever wants to make a longer article about it, just don't. That's just don't. Nobody, nobody needs to read that shit. I don't need to see a, a thread on Instagram of like fucking the Memphis style like cartoons of like why ABBA's actually problematic and all that. I'm just... Not trying to put that out in the world, but just wanted to say it by putting that out in the world. So I'm contradicting myself. Anyways, I'm rambling. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, Noah, good on you. I know this is one of your favorite bands. I know this is, you know, one of your uh, one of your babies. And, you know, I was really glad to have this as the assignment as of late. Abba fucking rules. Skull to all the listeners. I hope to be back with you all very soon. It's good to be back in person with Adrian here, recording in the audio. And I'll see everyone out soon. All right, daddy out. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. What he said, epic, kind of perfect pop, but yet doesn't sound staid or uh, rigid. Mm -hmm. There's still grooves, you know? Right. Yeah. And the way, and like he said, mechanical is, is 
a, an app description, but it doesn't really give the, yeah. the a sense of what it actually is. Like mechanical in the sense that it's like really precise mm-hmm. and really well mechanical in the way like Motown is mechanical, right? Or something, where it's, like those drums are so tight, but that's yes. not a bad thing. Tightness that might be a better a better yeah. way to put it. Like it's a, they're every the aspect pocket. of them are tight. Yes, firmly in the pocket. Performances, production—it's all very thoughtful, very you know, very precise. I mean, it has that European kind of ethic of it, you know, like for sure. There's Uh, a—it's weird. I think Caleb was kind of hitting on it too. Certainly, there's a gloss to it in that mm -hmm. kind of disco pop mode, but it to me, it's like all the cheese and stuff is so turned up hmm. that it becomes like it becomes weird like it's weird music in a way which sounds dumb to say about like it's hard to say it's both perfect pop and weird at the same time but i think that's why i like it so much because i like weirdo stuff sometimes you know it's almost like if you took like like peaceful loving aliens brought them to earth and said <laughs> this is pop music here's what it is make some and put them in like yeah. a really nice studio with a tons of synths and guitars and stuff like this might be what they come up with right it's, it's just like, like that ai artwork shit right but it's not <laughs> but it's not though because it still has like the kind of a soul warm yeah. soul yeah so yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. It, it does it feels very produced and very but it feels it still has a groove and feels yeah. human right it, it's it's and it's know, in conversation with music throughout yeah different eras and cultures and so it, it, it always feels very very earthbound very real and, and like timeless like it's uh yeah because they're pulling from r&b they're pulling yeah. from jazz they're pulling from funk they're pulling so much from stuff yeah you know yeah all the stuff that that everyone was at the time but but they're putting it into the this you know uh swedish processor basically and, and it comes out this incredible these incredible pop songs you know yeah. it's 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 really it's remarkable that they can have such a you know such a keen ear and such just songwriting chops that these songs are just like yeah they they're 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 indelible you know mm-hmm. very good stuff all right. Well, thank you for listening to Waggish Slabs. Thank you for <laughs> Kiki for her theme song. No, no, wait, thank wait. We got to go over the Adrian for your stellar production. Uh, we got to listen always, to some of these, man. Whatever happened to Milwaukee? Or what's that thing we used to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what made Milwaukee famous? That's right. Uh, that's a callback. <laughs> Anyways, let's take a break, Adrian, and we're going to go do a little track by track breakdown. All um, four sides. All four sides. 19 bangers. Strap right. on. Put on a helmet, dude. This is too many bangers. You can get <laughs> concussed. All right. Uh, all right. Cool. All right. Welcome back to Wacker Slaps Presents Superior Slaps. And we got Abba Gold. Greatest hits. Let's start it off with our track-by-track breakdown. Side one, song one, dancing queen, an all timer. I mean, yeah, what can you say? It's one of the best singles of all time, I would say. Maybe the best up there with like We Are a Family for like wedding dance floor. (laughs) 
yeah celebration uh, yeah any song by earth wind and fire basically yeah uh, for sure i mean it's it's an indelible song i mean you listen to it and you understand like this is this is like a monster pop song like every aspect of it is turned up to 11 well i don't know why don't you share some thoughts and then i'll, I'll give a couple of factoids before we, we listen to it yeah for me this song always just makes me want to like throw my hands in the air and start just like spinning in circles <laughs> start twirling it's like i'm in a the, uh, the the 35 year old white woman dance yeah like i'm in a <laughs> terry malick movie or something <laughs> just spinning <laughs> looking up at the sky i was the, listening to the, this... the wonder yeah <laughs> i was listening to this uh song with kiki and i was like this song re- like it has like this circular sound where it like it reminds me of like as if you're like in the record like as if you're like spinning with the rpms of the record like i don't know it doesn't even make sense but like that's kind of how i feel like it just feels like what a record does like plays (laughs) music and by using like a circular platter device like it feels like you're swirling i don't know i know what you mean it's kind of it wraps you up and it's like i mean first of all it starts off just with a bang and it doesn't let up from there and like yeah it sucks you in it's like it is a song that you hear and you your body just starts moving like you can't it's like hits the i I don't know i don't remember what part of the brain is like controls the you know but it hits hits the limbic system or whatever and then all of a sudden you're just like dancing because Mm -hmm. it just has such an indelible groove uh so i have a couple little facts here the so dancing queen is from arrival from 1976 it was written by benny anderson stig anderson and bjorn Ulvaeus. stig anderson being their manager a uh, longtime manager uh abba in the 70s mm-hmm. and helped write uh, a bunch of their stuff uh they were the songwriters were inspired by the dance rhythm of george mccray's rock your baby as well as the drumming on dr john's 1972 album dr john's gumbo really yeah so that goes to show you they're pulling from a lot of different things i mean the the, you know rock your baby is kind of a classic sort of rock and roll you know song uh dr john is obviously dr john uh i've been a rap place and might have been around you know honestly it's easy to shit on dr john but i've grown to appreciate his dr john fucking rules yeah exactly like he's got a super cool real name it's like mac something oh yeah mac uh what is it mac Deborah or something like that. Yeah, it's like, like so so Creole, it? like it's cr- incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you changed it to Doctor John, like from dude. Doctor John was such a badass. Like he was a badass guitar player, but he fucking got shot in the hand, so it fucked up his finger. So he had to switch to piano. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was uh, the case. That's crazy. It's incredible. He's one of those fucking madmen that did heroin for like twenty years. He never <laughs> right, died. Like a- like a uh, like a um wor- uh, working heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah, pass uh, that H. Uh, get down to this piano. Just do it. I love that song, "Walking on Gilded Splinters." Like one of my favorite uh, tracks by him, and a lot of great covers of that song. Uh, but anyways, that was the inspo for some of the dance rhythm here. And then when Benny Anderson brought the song home to Annie Fried Linkstad, uh, his partner and also the partner area, in the band in ABBA. Yes, uh, she started crying when listening, 
explaining, I found the song so beautiful. It's one of those songs that goes straight to your heart. And I completely agree. She later said, it's often difficult to know what will be a hit. The exception was Dancing Queen. We all knew it was going to be a massive hit. It was, you know, it was a worldwide number one hit, including in their home country of Sweden. So they, uh, sometimes when you know, you just know, right? And like, I can't imagine like them sitting in the studio listening to that. They, it had to have been a moment of like, this is going to be a big one, right? Like, yeah, the intro, it reminds me of like uh, Wizard of Oz when it turns into color, but yeah. like enters Oz, where it's, it's almost like a magic wand sound, just like, like yeah, you're right. now into abba land you're now in the land of oz yeah, yeah there's a lot of moments like that where it'll build and then all of a sudden everything falls like comes alive and it's just like incredible it is like that moment for sure where it's just like whoa like we were on one level and then all of a sudden it's just i'm in a whole new world now and it's it's magical and beautiful and um so yeah i completely agree it is it definitely a song that goes straight to your heart uh yeah. you know you feel I, high yeah, it, it right. It makes you feel like like you're on tr- like champagne, drunk on champagne or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Champagne. I think that's why it's such a good wedding thing, right? Like it's just like I'm bubbly, drunk right? On champagne, dancing uh, with somebody's aunt. <laughs> yeah, going, getting down, just having a good time. I I just have a few notes, personal notes here. I I like the details in the song. There's they're really layered to perfection. The synths, uh, the kind of ringing planet clanging piano chords, uh, really are really great. And then the vocals are always really nice and layered perfectly. And they do that soaring vocal, uh, so soaring strings thing oh, um, yeah. that, that kind of offsets the vocals. It's just really, really killer. And then the bass line, obviously, is just like one of the all-timer bass lines. Uh, just impeccable performances, man. But yeah, should, so we, should we uh, listen to this bad boy? Yeah, we got to hear it from the jump, I think. From the tippy? I think so. Just the ultimate side one, track one, slapper. I know. I mean, like starting it off with like with this is just, you know, that's just like uh, not to be crude, but they basically just slapped their dick on the table and was like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because like Waterloo is sitting right there, too, which was their like first song, which you know, they capped the record, with, which is incredible. Yeah, like, it's full crazy. Circle. They're like uh, bookends, bookends, perfect bookends. <clears throat> uh, but anyways, here yeah, is better than Ikea's shitty bookends that they this make scorpskin <laughs> or whatever <laughs> all right here is dancing queen by the one and only abba Incredible stuff. Having the time of your life. Yeah. You know what it kind of always reminds me of too is that one song that dig in the scene, the gangsta lean, ooh we like diamond that. in the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's uh ooh Devon? Yeah, it's Devon been Williams. sampled so many times. I mean, that's kind of what like G Funk is. Oh, totally. Based around that and uh, Funkadelic. Always mistaken for Curtis Mayfield. It is not Curtis Mayfield, although I believe he interpolated that song in one of his songs. But uh, anyhow, anyhow, yeah. So. Dancing Queen, just incredible. One of the things that, that that all of these songs have is a incredible fluidity to the music. Like it's always f- like flowing. There's no like, 
you know, it's it just always been moving. It, there's no like stop start. There's no like, you know, awkwardness. Yeah. It's all just kind of a groove. And like, like they, it starts like in media res or something. Yes. Right. And then you're just in it and locked in immediately. And it's just, I mean, that freaking so well. like piano run, the little. The dun, the, the, yeah. Yeah. Or just how they like, it's kind of like scraping the keyboard. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah. The little chime thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, let's uh, let's listen to a little bit more here, and then we'll we'll go on to the next track. Do you have a uh, any marker, time marker, or should I just? Oh jump in? no, I didn't do any marker. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just jump in around the two thirty mark and see what we get. strings that yeah. song too is featured in so many movies it's always shorthand for like a 70s like rise and fall story it's like oh this is when the guy is still in love with the cocaine hasn't ruined <laughs> his life yet <laughs> right the girl's still in his life He's yeah. still good. <laughs> totally uh yeah i mean and for good reason it is kind of an indelible you know it's up there with the bgs with you know saturday night fever as sort of this you know iconic you know donna summers all these artists it's up there uh, you know with, with all of them as this kind of iconic disco track but yeah. it's just yeah a perfect perfect pop hit such a good <laughs> intro yeah all right uh, moving on moving on song number two knowing me knowing you Oh man, love this song too. Yeah, same. Caleb called it out too earlier. It's just, it's such a, it's it's a breakup song, but it's you know, it's it's not like super sad, but it's like you know, and it's interesting because it's a breakup song written prior to the two couples' divorces, so mm-hmm. kind of a precursor. Isn't to that. that you know Alan Partridge that the uh, uh, the radio show? Yeah, yeah. TV show. What's his name? Uh, Oh, uh, uh, God, why am I blanking on his name? He's yeah. Yeah, it's a genius. Yeah, I love, I love it. The yeah, trip yeah, yeah. guy. God. What the fuck is Coogan. his name? Coogan? Oh, Steve Coogan. Yeah. Steve Coogan. Yeah. Doesn't, isn't that like his catchphrase where he's like, welcome by Island Partridge, knowing me, knowing you. Doesn't he oh, say something yeah, like that? He does. Yes, that's or true. Or listening to me, listening to you. Some kind of, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That shit is so funny. Yeah, that's uh, like the ABBA great. of comedy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, so seriously. If you haven't seen any Alan uh, Partridge stuff, or you can or listen to the radio the, ones just on YouTube. Radio ones, yes. Um, I think he has a podcast now too, or recent oh, recently. Um, the movie was good too. He's great. It's great. Uh, yeah, just really funny. It's a send up of you know like seventies, uh, eighties presenters, uh, BBC presenters, <laughs> yeah. and it's just so good. But yeah, Knowing Me, Knowing You, so uh, it's fantastic. Benny Anderson called Knowing Me, Knowing You one of ABBA's best recordings. And I, I agree with that completely. It's like, I wrote here, syrupy pop in the best way. Like the oh, synths, yeah. the keys, the strings, it's all very high drama, but it's like, it works. It works. Yeah. And then you got guitars, you got acoustic and rock guitar layered in. Just, God, you know, really great riffs between verses. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's just... <laughs> 
Ah, every aspect of it is it really works. And uh, yeah, I don't know what, what, what you have any more thoughts on this, this bad boy. <clears throat> uh, no, it's just um, I, I put this as a, a it's a stomper. <laughs> Definitely. Just just the driving force behind the the rock guitar and so much guitars like you forget how good the guitars are on this album you don't think of abba as like a guitar band but they really are i know like and they guitar band guitar rock they uh and they're great musicians like on top of being you know great killer songwriters and producers they're just like killing knocking these out of the park and they're they were recording all this stuff themselves you know so yeah yeah uh, just just great great stuff but yeah here here's a little bit of knowing me knowing you should we jump in let's see maybe about a minute in let's see what we got uh but yeah here is knowing me knowing you by the uh the band abba I mean, Man, I'm always epic. a sucker for harmonized guitar work. Like, you know, I love Thin Lizzy for that reason. You know, oh, yeah. It does have a of that. Thin Lizzy sound. There's so many, like, touch points and reference points, whether it's Thin Lizzy, whether it's the Beatles or R&B or mm. whatever. They're pulling so many different things that you don't really consider when you first hear these songs. And then, you you know, you listen to them a few times. And you're like, oh, shit. They're like, they're, these are much more... Uh, uh, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more complexity than I even imagined. And not to say that they're like, you know, Baroque or, or you know, uh, these, these huge things. It's just that they, you know, they, they, they know their influences and they know how to use that stuff really well and put it into their sound. And this is a good example of that, where it's like, they're taking this kind of rock dual harmony yeah. guitar and making it this kind of nice bridge in a pop song and it just fucking works perfectly. and it's like they know the secret to pop where it's like if you're going to be syrupy make it the sweetest sweetest syrup <laughs> anyone's yes. ever tasted lean into it like don't yeah. be afraid of it because yeah. when you kind of hesitant you're hesitant about it or you half ass it that's when it gets saccharine and and, and boring ugh. boring exactly but this is like sweet in the like yeah this is like real cane sugar versus corn syrup kind of thing right like mm -hmm. this is the real deal like this is this is mexican coke basically <laughs> <laughs> all right should we move on to the yeah. next next uh banger here yeah man i feel like i just want to listen to that whole fucking song now i know okay uh song number three we got take a chance take a chance take a chance take a chance on me talk about driving songs like boom take right a here. chance on me dude acapella going they sound like freaking robots like like their voices are so perfectly tuned it's and funny harmonizing it sounds like synthetic like it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the notes i have here is like the drum and bass groove propels the song kind of a disco motoric beat kind mm -hmm. of a craft work beat uh, oh yeah esque which it totally is and that that plays into that the kind of mechanical kind of almost computerized sort of kind of uh mesmerizing almost you know mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, did you it know it has that craft work yeah kind of train sounding yes uh, uh trans euro express to totally mm -hmm. uh that kind of driving sound 
But did you know that this the song like the the take a chance on me rhythm is actually because of Bjorn Ulvaeus's running habit? So basically, oh. he would pace himself by repeating this kind of rhythm nice right and then it evolved into take a chance like take a chance take a chance take a chance that's cool yeah so it, it comes out of this you know i mean running became a huge thing in the 70s there's that that, that oh, great yeah. movie about running uh oh god what is it i can't remember from Lee the fontaine from... the loneliness of the long distance yes train? yes i uh, think that's 60s but 60s right um, that's one of those anyways. angry angry young young men oh, british yes. movies Exactly. Well, a lot of those in the sixties for some reason, huh? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, and you can, yeah, totally they are like the track suit of right. music. I was going to say like, you could picture like the, the short shorts, like the headbands, yeah. like, like totally. yellow and blue. Adidas <laughs> yes. <track> baby <laughs> blue. <laughs> uh, that's actually a sick look actually. Uh, oh, um, dude, but also get a, get a track suit, dude. Change your life. So comfy. Yeah, I gotta get to pull the uh, the old Russian uh, Russian mobster look. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the first singles written without their manager, so that's uh, that's interesting. Stig Anderson, the aforementioned Stig Anderson. So this was kind of one of the first where it's just the the boys. And yeah, I think this has great vocals from the entire group. There's like the way that they mix the 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 you know the male and the female voices is always really good. Their voices just sound great together. Like they had they really feel part of a group like it, it doesn't no yeah. one's above on each other like one another like they all mesh and work together like the two female uh vocalists mm -hmm. yeah. uh annie and uh, i forget the what's one of the best uses of acapella it's yeah. like rockapella eat your heart out <laughs> say no folgers commercial homie go back to carmen san diego <laughs> yeah um uh yeah, yeah. And this is off of i don't know do we say it off of ABBA, oh yeah so the sorry album, the, the last one knowing me knowing you was from arrival i don't think i mentioned that from 1976 written by uh anderson anderson and Olveus. and this one uh take a chance on me is from abba the album from 1977 and it is written by anderson and Olveus. one of the all-timer album covers they all their album covers are really cool yes. that one's great with the weird drawing oh is that the one yeah the other the other title covers are great actually gold's cover is kind of uh kind of spare for all for yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough but they have that but, good logo with like the backwards the backwards b, b. yes very simple very very great oh yeah the the app of the album cut with the kind of the swooshes and stuff yes yeah very cool very very cool so let's listen to a little bit of take a chance should i just probably from the tippy huh yeah we got to hear that acapella all right here's take a chance on me by abba if you change your mind take a chance on the first in line honey i'm still free take a chance on me if you need me let me know gonna be around if you got your place to go when you're feeling down if you're all So like jaunty. Yeah, it is like jaunty. jogging music. I didn't even think about that. It's got the perfect rhythm for it. Uh, yeah. But the, also that's a little synth that like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I thought it sounded a lot like. Like Lori management. Spiegel. Well, that. Yes. Like the like synth music from the. Yes. But also I thought like it sounds exactly like management. Oh, MGMT. MGMT. Yeah. Like so which is to say. 
these sounds, these, these, you know, the things that they're doing, the production style, whatever their, their songwriting has been influential in so many different ways. You know, I don't know for sure if they, you know, if MGMT heard this and were like, oh, I like that, but it's definitely, you know, it's in the zeitgeist and it's like, this is, this is, you know, so indelible. I wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with, you know. Yeah. Well, I love how it has like, you know, synth a lot of times can sound kind of cold. Yes. Where it has that, that synth line, but then it really pops with like a very organic sounding bass and it's a mixture of the two. They really thread that. They also very well. Yeah. And they'll often layer it with a regular piano or like electric piano or something. And Mm -hmm. that gives it kind of a more of a, um, yeah, it gives it more warmth, but for sure, like a lot of these technically have icy textures, let's say, or cold textures, but the way that they're incorporated in the context, they feel warm they feel a part of this you know this this general pop sound yeah um let's hear a little bit more this is about halfway through and let's see what we get so here we go it's a little bit more of take a chance on me such a good vocal so good more forward kind of like 80s almost 80s-esque yeah it kind of has that california linda ronstadt yes dare i say like eagles california country but then it has that so european synth that craft work thing that disco thing you're talking about it's would you say it has like that dista motoric beat yeah so kind of a disco motoric kind of thing going yeah um Kind of like a, that. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're both based on the the four four beat, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, four on the floor, baby. Four on the floor, yeah. And also, like one of the things that I, I noticed listening through all these, like these guys have just killer chops for bridges. Like oh, the yeah. bridge is such an underappreciated aspect of a, of songwriting, and they just do it ki- like so killer. Whether it's like they're gonna slow things down on the bridge, or they're gonna pump things up, or they're gonna build to something, they're always doing something interesting with the bridge, and it always really, really sounds cool. Like that right there just sounds like so slick and perfect and mixed in with like the kind of more driving beat because it's a little mm-hmm. bit more laid back. It kind of takes and then it takes it back into like the full on driving thing. Just really yeah. great stuff and really, you know, really thoughtful songwriting. Just incredible. Yeah, <laughs> not since uh, Van Sydow blew up that bridge over the River Kwai as a Swede took to a bridge so well. That was a nice bridge callback. too far. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got another big one coming up here. Okay, track number five. Four, actually. Oh, four. Sorry. Oh, shit. Of course. How could I forget? Mamma Mia. I mean, what can you say that hasn't been said in two movies in a Broadway (laughs) musical production? Uh, Uh, This song is like peak camp. Mm -hmm. I think if you're an ABBA hater, you would point to this song and be like, that song is so fucking annoying. Yeah. Which it is, but it's such an earworm. You can't help but love it. Uh, yeah it you you want to sing along like yeah. it, it's uh, it, it, it's one of those and it, you know i get it it's one of those karaoke songs it's like everyone knows it it's yeah and so mama mia is from the self-titled one the i believe the first self-titled album because they have a couple 
But anyways, yeah, they, uh, 75. From, from ABBA 75. And it was written by Anderson, Anderson, and Olveus. Oh, so that's the second one because they're. Oh the, yes, their so, very first album is is called Waterloo, but then but it's, it's also it, it yeah. explains the name. It's like their Leonard Skinner <laughs> album, where it, pronounced it just Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah, where it lists all their names. So it's like that's, that's right. why we're called ABBA. Right, right, right. But uh, a couple little facts here: the marimba played in the introduction was a last minute addition. Anderson found it in the studio and decided its rhythm was perfect for the track, which that's crazy that it was like, it's become such an uh, iconic aspect of the song. And then it was just like a throwaway bit, like, Oh, Hey, here's a marimba. Why don't we throw this on there? And then although a promo clip was created for the song, it was never intended as a single, but eventually was released as one in Australia after the clip became popular there, topping the charts for 10 weeks. Uh, So it was one of those things where like the 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 momentum of the song made it into a single which is remarkable but yeah i think it, like you said it's pure over the top can't be fun i mean just really the, the marimba is you know it is kind of a little bit night you know cheese ball or so, or maybe naive sound i don't know there, there's something to it that makes it sound like kind of more novelty um mm-hmm. but you know I, I i wrote that this is music to wear headbands and leg warmers too and that's not <laughs> pejorative that's like a positive like this is great and you know i've never seen the movie so i don't i couldn't speak to that but but like you said a pure earworm it is oversaturated especially since the movies came out but it you know it's 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 one of their biggest hits for a reason mm-hmm. more great guitar ripping guitar man it has Fantastic. a weird um it's like faster rhythm than you think it would be right it's like, it's like manic <laughs> yeah it's and you don't if you haven't heard it in a while like yeah you, you're kind of surprised by that I, yeah. for sure but yeah should we let's see let's, i think this one you gotta hear the beginning let's oh yeah the kind of theatrical introduction there mm-hmm. with the marimba all right so let's see here is mama mia by abba like a time bomb about to go off that kind of like ticking clock kind of piano line it really builds right it builds into this big you know well not not even big it just builds into this mama mia chorus that's like it's almost one of those songs that could have a countdown like i want to be surprised in the middle they start going like one or like (laughs) ten nine nine, eight (laughs) yeah let's let's see if we can get to some of this chorus here i'll try around the 145 mark Dream, dude. Oh, God. They, they don't miss it. That's 
sorry. I wanted to hear that little guitar. Line. Oh, it's sorry. Just one of my favorites. No, it's all good. Go ahead. The they never miss an opportunity to just be like, like a lazier band would be like, we don't need to add a creeping string to the background of this, but it's like, right. no, layers, layers, layers. Sweden's cold. Stay warm. Let's go. <laughs> it only it has like a metal, like, like a, like a, this is spinal tap type yeah. of like cheesy metal. Right. Like it, it could just like you, you make a little bit of some few tweaks and it could totally yeah. be like a power rock like song for sure. But yeah. Just man, you know, it's, it, it is, it is uh, one of their most well-known songs and it is played out, but God, just hearing it again, hearing those guitar lines, mm-hmm. hearing the, the, the way they build it's just, yeah. The genius of that Swedish pop, uh, sensibility is really like up so many here. parts like yeah the layering wild. they and the thing is it's like uh, sometimes when when artists will do this layering thing it can kind of feel overwhelming or, or too the, much. yeah the sum is not greater than the parts or, or yeah. exactly but here like they place everything so perfectly it's all kind of mixed really well and obviously that some of that has to do with the the master the remastering for the for the greatest hits but uh, you know, you, you can't make this sound so good, really good without having the original be really good. Right. So oh, yeah. the, the layers just, man, yeah, it, it, it really works. Like you're saying, like a, a, a lesser band might not might think like, oh, that's over the top. That's too ostentatious. But these guys are like, no, fuck it. Bring it in. Bring in the 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 the, the, the strings. Bring in the, you know, the the guitars. We, we need all this stuff to build to this really theatrical crescendo and uh it's it's, it's so great. when i got my i got new speakers for my stereo system yeah i kind of sprung a little bit spent a little on them got some clips clips yeah which are notoriously loud they're probably too loud for my apartment but whatever <laughs> fuck them and <laughs> so for, i was like let's take these babies for a test run so i put on like i think i put on my favorite things by john coltrane and then oh, the, yeah. the very next one i put on was this album abba the album where it's like yeah let's get, let's hear all the all the notes on these speakers let's hear those horns blasting this there's a there's a playlist on spotify that's like uh music to test your stereo to uh-huh. it's stuff like steely dan or you know stuff that's really Dr. really Dre. yeah stuff that's really well produced and i think you could definitely sl- uh, slap some of these songs in there because man, yeah, when you on a good stereo or good headphones and you're hearing that that bass line bouncing and the drums just popping, it's you know, and then the vocals, ah, oh, it's great. But yeah, let's okay, moving on to the last song on the first side. Track five, we got Lay All Your Love on Me. And that's from Super Trooper. That's right. 1980. This song so, I have in my another notes. Anderson Olaus joint. Yeah, this song I have noticed there's a darkness to this song. It almost mm-hmm. has like a gothic, kind of gothy, like almost like the cure, like the church. And then of course it switches into such a poppy vocals and stuff, but like at the, the intro has a darkness to it that I liked. Yeah, I have a note here that icy since ice icy synths sounding vaguely Russian. <laughs> um because it does have this kind of like yeah kind of yeah it's like the nutcracker who's that like, composer the, oh the is nutcracker? that tchaikovsky tchaikovsky no, who's that who's uh, uh no wait tchaikovsky's the screenwriter yeah it's uh 
Uh, oh, it is Tchaikovsky. Oh, yeah, there you go. Stravinsky. Stravinsky. He did Fantasia. Yeah, it has that kind of vibe for sure. A couple of little notes here. The descending vocal sound at the end of the verse was created by sending the vocal through a harmonizer device set up to create a slightly lower pitch version of the vocal. This was then fed back into the input to continually lower the pitch of the vocal. So this kind of circular lower pit, lowering of the pitch thing, which is, sounds really, really cool. And then other parts of the vocal were run through a vocoder to recreate the sound of a church congregation singing, owing to Anderson and Olvea's feeling that the song sounded like a hymn. Uh, maybe uh, that's why I'm getting like the church vibe. Oh yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely intentional, and you can definitely hear it. It does sound like a choir or um, a mix of voices. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the bass groove is great on this song. The, the drums are mixed perfectly, and then those layer those layers of synth and vocoder are just like I yeah. love that. As I've gotten older, I love like choral music. Like, mm. like uh, who's the dude did the two thousand one Legitti? Legetti. Gregor Legetti. Yeah. He does that a lot. Where it's just like a thousand voices all. To, like, but it's interesting because that's like the complete opposite of this where it's like that's like you know showing the horrors of the holocaust or whatever and, yeah, and yeah yeah but the, and this is like the opposite where it's like Sunny, the beauty yeah. of the beauty you know yeah. um, but i love as i've gotten older like gospel music stuff i don't know i just love like a group of people singing together it's like i don't know there's something but, so moving about it you know i think uh on wtf Marin always talks about how like he's moved a lot by people singing together and I, I you know I think I you know I feel that like when you're in a room especially with people and they're all the vocal the vocals mixed together and the and you yeah. hear it it's there's something powerful about that I mean I know we both you know grew up going to Catholic church and you know the choir or well, not the choir but the whatever the singers there and you know and then the way that that kind of feeds into this kind of uh, feeling of awe and, and awe-inspiringness. I think, you know, it all it all kind of is calling back to the similar thing, right? And I think that's kind of what they were trying to touch on with with their own kind of take on it with, you know, even though it's just, you know, the their two two voices or whatever, four voices, they're able to make this sound really expansive and huge by processing it. And, you know, that was one of the the beginnings of all this stuff, you know, obviously vocoders and stuff are now kind of ubiquitous, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it's become a whole style. Right. So that um, the same as auto tune. It's similar to auto tune. It's like the similar, it's like the similar principle, but I think auto tune works in like on a different thing, but, but yeah, Jay -Z same idea. came out with that song death to auto tune. <laughs> it's like, shut up old man. Yeah. Go back to your fucking yacht. Go, you fucking go, you're more of a stockbroker. You're like a hedge fund manager. You're not even a rapper anymore. <laughs> Seriously. <up>. Anyways. <laughs> oh, uh, let's hear this song. Let's hear the song. <laughs> let's hear some of these icy synths. Yeah, Layer All Your Love on Me. Uh, so here we go. Here, it, here is Layer All Your Love on Me. Uh, let's start at uh, maybe about a minute in. Let's see what we get. Uh, here we go.
That sounds like Madonna. Dude, I was about to say, literally, I was about to say, this points to every kind of <laughs> 80s, like, pop, like, uh, cliche. Like, everything is, is here. Like, the synths, the the vocals, like, it all sounds yeah, totally... new wave, like, Cindy Lauper kind of... I mean, it's, you know, it's right at the opening of the decade in 1980. So, yeah, it has uh, a lot of um, sass. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yes, yeah, sass. That's a good word for it. <laughs> I don't think I really... of Swedish people as being sassy. No, right. Yeah, it's, I was also going to say, it's almost like movie montage music. Um, almost. Oh, yeah. Like, you totally sure. like. Like you can see Ivan Drago like training in the snow to it, right, or something. Yeah. Um, it's and like I love it for that reason. Like it's uh, it's just it's just a great song. It I, I have it on my list of 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 bangers off of this record. Uh, so let's hear let's hear a little bit more, and then we'll get to uh, tra- side two, track one. So here's a little bit more of layer all your lay all your love on me. Yeah, it's like a trailer for like a British crime movie from the 1980. <laughs> like Bob Hopkins like <laughs> shooting somebody. <laughs> oh, really? uh, yeah, so 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 good. So a lot of these songs are very cinematic, you know. Oh yeah, uh, definitely for sure. I guess that's why they have their own movie now. Uh, or several. Several movies at this point, yeah. All right, side two, track one, Super Trooper off the title track off of Super Trooper from 1980. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people think that Mamma Mia was the first ABBA-inspired film, but it was actually the <laughs> 2000 movie Super Trooper by a little upstart Canadian comedic troupe. What, <laughs> broken, mean, super, broken Lizard? <laughs> broken Lizard. Remember when we had to deal with Broken Lizard? <laughs> yeah, what was that club? Club, club Dread. Dread. Club Dread, yeah. Beer God. Fest or whatever. Uh, I remember I mean, that was, they peaked right when like DVDs were peaking. You yeah. always had that friend that was like, I got like all the Broken, <laughs> broken Lizard, Lizard DVDs. You guys want to get stoned and watch this? It's like, I guess. What else are we going to do? <laughs> uh, Super Troopers is pretty funny, I'd say, but everything else is, uh, yeah, diminishing returns. Meow. Hey, meow. <laughs> <laughs> They, they drink syrup a large farva <clears throat> they made um, a part two they did and uh everyone promptly forgot about that movie as well there was one joke in that that was funny because you know how canadians oh they make fun of how americans say sorry as sorry instead of sorry sorry yeah they flipped it <laughs> great stuff guys great stuff anyways yeah maybe canada ease up on your art grants <laughs> <laughs> oh this one is another anderson olvaeus joint i mean they're pretty much all anderson olvaeus joints all uh maybe mm-hmm. i'll just mention when they're they're not just anderson yeah olvaeus. <clears throat> um i have in my notes one word classic yeah <laughs> uh, yeah definitely true so this is this was their ninth number one hit in the uk 
which placed them fourth for most UK chart toppers in history following the Beatles, Elvis, and Cliff Richard. Nice. Uh, not really familiar with Cliff Richard. Who the hell is Cliff Richard? I don't know. There's so many UK artists that are like Branson Thomas. He had 18 number one <laughs> yeah. hits. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Some weird pop song. <laughs> yeah. It must be that song, you know, in like Love Actually when Hugh Grant's like dancing to that song. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is that Cliff Richard? Uh, maybe. Um, it only reached 45 on the US top 200 charts, but it topped the dance charts combined with Lay Your Love on Me and on and on and on in May of 1981. Nice. Uh, so this is another really synth and keys heavy song. And it's almost like almost a purely electronic song, except for like the, the rhythm section is has more of an organic feel. But uh, but yeah, yeah, really great vocal takes from from Annie Freed and Agnetha. Yeah, it really highlights the A's. The A's, yes, exactly. Their voices, their harmonizing, man, is like top tier. It's up there with like, I don't know, the Staples sisters or something. It's just so, so perfect together. It makes like a one voice. It, yeah, and it's up really, there with the BGs. Yeah, the BGs. Yes, of course. Uh, the 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 Beach Boys. Um, Usually, only territory occupied by like siblings, like people that grew up mm. singing together. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the I think these these four were very very close for a long time. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's not surprising that they uh, they they work so well together. You know, until they didn't. <laughs> but yeah, so this I, I really like this song. It's one of their. It's one of their. It's an, it's a, another banger. I think this one. I didn't have it on my on my list of superior slaps, but I really like it. So unless you have anything else to say, let's uh, let's yeah, take true. a listen. Let's hear it right meow. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you saying meow? <laughs> All right, here we go. Super Trooper by ABBA, and let's go. Let's try about a minute fifteen and see what we get. Nice. Sounds like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why they don't have a Christmas hit? That is kind of shocking, or like a Christmas album or something. Like this, yeah. this song. I mean, not a Christmas song, but you could slot it up there with. It has like uh, little bells, wonderful yeah. Christmas time or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I really, I've, I don't know, I'm, I'm hot Simply and cold on that one. Sometimes it hits me just right, and sometimes I'm like, this is the most obnoxious, annoying song in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear a little bit more towards the end. Let's see what we get. But yeah, you can you can hear how that song is like more of an electronic kind of sound. Uh, so what the sure. hell are they singing about? Like, what is a super trooper? I I don't know. Let's see. So it's like tonight the super trooper. T R O U P E R. Lights are gonna find me shining like the sun. I guess it's about being arrested. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what if they're like it is a Christmas song? That's what we call Christmas trees here. Super troopers. In in Sweden, Sweden, Christmas is called Trooper. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I you know honestly, the the lyrics always come kind of secondary to me for for a lot of music. But like some some of their songs are more less opaque. This one's kind of yeah, it's kind of like huh, okay. But anyways, here's a little bit more towards the end of Super Trooper. I need, but I won't be 
smiling, having fun. Isn't that what it's all about, folks? Yeah. All, all right. right. Moving on. Let's go. Side two, track two. I have a dream. Inspired by the, the speech. <laughs> I don't know, but it is from Vuli Vu from 1979. Nice. The recording, uh, uh, just a couple of little th- oh, yeah, tidbits yeah. here before we get into our thoughts. The recording includes a final chorus sung by the Children's Choir from Stockholm International School. More choir. Uh, they got the castrati on this baby. <laughs> oh, boy. In the UK, <laughs> it was held off the number one spot by Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. Another oh. disco-esque uh, song. Oh, which yeah. Coincid- coincidentally oh, also yeah. features a children's choir. So so a lot of children's choirs going on in the, in the late 70s there. But yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting, quirky, uh, kind of a quirky semi-ballad. But uh, yeah, go ahead. What were your thoughts there on this one? Oh, I like this one because it's like a mid-tempo song. Yeah. So I was wondering, is this a slapper for you? Because you always yeah, I love the mid-tempo. mid-tempo. Yeah. It is. Let's see. Did I have it on my list? Uh, I didn't have it on my list. I do like this song, and I am a big fan oh, of the mid-tempo bangers. Sitar alert, right? <laughs> yeah. Or is it sitar? I have man. Oh, yeah. Let's write sitar and mandolin. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's kind of again they're they're they they're trying different things. They're they're branching out. They're you know experimenting with other other tones and sounds and other instruments. And yeah, and then the choir it does really work well. Like I I I think it it really resolves the song in a really nice uh, nice satisfying way. But yeah, that's interesting. Electric sitar on this one, huh? Yeah, it's a good use of it though. It works. It makes sense in the song, but yeah, sometimes it can. Electric sitar, especially, could just seem very, I don't know, cheesy or dated. Yeah, it could be like shorthand for like a hippy dippy type yes. of song. Like uh, what Ming T or whatever the fake Austin Powers <laughs> band is. Like it kind of has that vibe. Um, that like scene in a movie where somebody goes into a head shop. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, shout out head shops. Do the people still go out there? Uh, are they I don't think so. Bongs online now. Yeah, Amazon cornered <laughs> that market. Oh, uh, but okay. So here we go. Here's a little bit of "I Have a Dream." Unless you have anything else to add. No, great mid-tempo song. Great. I ha- and then they, I have here is a little syrupy, but it works. So here we go, folks. I have a dream by Abba. And this is from around the 52nd mark. Something good in everything I see. I believe in angels. When I know the time is right for me. I have a dream. I have a dream. It definitely has like a it's like Sinatra esque. Yeah, or like something a rom- like, like a romance language, <laughs> yeah. kind of like a Spanish or like I don't know. Like it's the got phrasing some kind of, of it. Yeah. Right. Like just a real ballad. Like, yeah. It's a weird uh yeah, it's a weird tempo like the whole a song is just weird it is it's a weird song but somehow it works right and it's yeah. and like it makes sense where like where it is kind of the middle like all right here's here's kind of a, a weirdo left turn but but still you can see sinatra weird. like covering that right or something yeah exactly I have a dream <laughs> uh let's hear a little bit of that chorus at the end here and then we'll uh we can 
jump into the next uh, next song but here's here's the i have a dream hopefully we're finding the chorus here let's see what we get she never gives me my money <laughs> Very Beatles. Totally. A lot of Beatles on this. Oh, I guess I'm, I overshot it. Let's see. Uh, maybe here. Let's try. That reminds me remember that guy from like the 70s he was like a music teacher and he would get like his students to sing like david bowie songs and stuff oh yeah yeah have you ever heard that yeah kind of has that vibe totally i was gonna say like i wouldn't this almost sounds like a mexican ballad or something like yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised hearing coming out of like a uh like a mexican wedding or something throw in like a little uh accordion or something right exactly you'd be, you'd be almost there yeah like a yeah it does have that kind of, oh like a mariachi ballad right great uh so okay with next track all right track three. uh song three offside two the winner takes it all um this adrian i don't know did you ever see that bergman island movie uh no i don't uh came out uh, last year i think um, no i did not see that movie though mia hansen love is the filmmaker yeah but it, it's about these filmmaker couples who go to Faroe island where what's his name lived uh bergman bergman of course of bergman island fame lived and there's a kind of crucial part of the movie where this whole the song plays all the way through i didn't love that movie but it's a good it's a good scene in the movie all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that, but that's, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's a good watch out there. Yeah. It's a good hangover out. movie. Oh, nice. Um, and this, this track is from super trooper from 1980. It was originally envisioned as uh, a more upbeat, uh, with a more upbeat tempo and continuous beat, but the songwriters were unhappy with the quote unquote stiff and metrical results and left the song unfinished for four days before returning to work on it. Uh, with Anderson coming up with the idea of using a French chanson style arrangement with a descending piano line and looser structure, which I think that was probably a smart move on their part. Uh, I don't know how that original would have sounded like stiff and metrical, but, but the way it came out is, uh, is really great. And then yeah. according to Olvaeus, he was drinking whiskey while writing the song explaining, Ooh, I was nice. drunk and the whole lyric came to me in a <laughs> rush of emotion in one hour. And haven't we all been there folks? <laughs> This uh, um, yeah, wait. This guy's drunk and he's writing this song. Jesus. Right, yeah. talented man. <laughs> drinking whiskey, nonetheless. Yeah, I usually uh, fall asleep when I drink whiskey. But this is Dave. another. So go ahead. Yeah, I usually fall asleep with a blank page, and a broken <laughs> pen. This is, I think, is their best like slow song. Yeah, I wrote another piano heavy ballad with great soaring vocals. Um, a lot of heavy, like great build of tension and drama with the the vocals and strings, and then 
um, yeah, the, the bass and drums elevate it to another, uh, another level when that drops in. But yeah, one of their better ballads. Uh, they have a handful of them on here, maybe three or four. And um, it's always a nice departure from the kind of more pop, you know, pop uh -huh. driver songs. Yeah, and this is definitely one of those ones where it's like, oh, this is this is really this is great. And um, yeah, I think the I, I think that them kind of reconfiguring this into kind of a looser song, a looser structured song is probably why it feels so nice and um, breezy is not quite the right word, but it feels it, it is it feels good. It's a good it's a great, great track. So unless you have any other thoughts there. Uh, oh, let's hear it. Here is the wiener. The winner takes it all. <laughs> let's try. Let's see. How about about 45 seconds in? Let's see what we get. Now it's history. I played all my cards. And that's what you've done too. It's like the best Nothing journey song that they never wrote. <laughs> this no journey sucks. To play. The winner takes Shots fired, Steve Perry. I mean, so yeah, you get a sense there of the the kind of high drama of it all. Uh, let's see if we can get to the kind of more rocking part of it here. Let's see. Here's about 320. Let's see what that gets us. I don't want to talk. Ah. Yeah, this is like a show too. If it makes you feel sad. And I understand. Kind of like a little bit of a little Celine Dion esque, maybe. Yeah. A French Canadian vibe. If it makes you feel bad. I do want to try to get to a chorus, so let's see. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Very good, very, very like the the build and then to the payoff there, just yeah, fantastic song. Great song. Great All stuff. right, song number four. Money, money, money. <laughs> no. Money, uh, money, money. And uh this one's from Arrival from 1976. Uh you know, well, sidetrack you know that song, Money yeah, yeah. Money. I want the money, money, money. Yeah. Is that yeah. Billy Joel? Uh, is it Billy Joe? Some it's a shitty song, but the, I was like the other day I was talking about that song for some reason. I was like, why is he saying money, money, money? <laughs> and then I think Caleb called to my attention. He's like, no, it stands like it's like M U N I. It's like municipal. It's like a bank in New York. <laughs> yeah, That's... I want the money, money. <laughs> I think. I don't know. It's stupid. But anyways, money, money, money off of Arrival from 76. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So a uh, little bit from about this song. It was, uh, let's see. Okay. Part of the song was performed live in the 1977 film ABBA, the movie. Pretty which good movie. I, I have not seen. Yeah. So it, it, it's, a, it's mostly a concert movie. Is that right? 
So I actually just saw they re-released it in theaters as like a fathom event. Yeah, right. Abba, the movie. This summer. Get pop. Um, <laughs> but it's like uh so it's part concert film and then it's part it has like a fake kind of mockumentary part where there's this mm-hmm. reporter going around trying to get an interview with Abba. So it's like this actor, I think he was like a presenter guy in England or something, some British guy. And he's trying to like, I got to get my exclusive with, with ABBA. It's, it's thin to say the least. <laughs> but uh, the performances, uh, how's that is in the movie? They're good. That was good. They only play like five songs or something. I wish it was oh, more wow. of a concert film. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I, I thought it would have been more, but that's cool. Uh, it was the it's second- only like 90 minutes. It's a oh, okay. quick hitter. I always I love a 90 minute movie. Give me a oh, 90 yeah. minute movie, folks. Bring, any them, day. bring them back. Bring them back. But this was the, the, their second worldwide hit from Arrival following Dancing Queen. And yeah, this is just a lot of great theatrical campy fun here. It's kind of a disco cabaret song with jaunty pianos and, and a jaunty rhythm. And uh, and yeah, more and more great guitar like, and bass work. Uh, Lady Gaga based <laughs> her career off of this song. <laughs> It definitely has that kind of like theater kid energy, like <laughs> yeah. you know for sure. <laughs> um, but like you know the the best version of that because uh, yeah, those kids can be very annoying. I want the money, money, money. And that's not "Money, Money" by Billy Idol. That's another song, right? Wait, is that what it is? Is that what I'm thinking of? Because I think they both have. Did they both? But it's like an acronym. That's why he's saying it weird. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, is it Billy Joel or Billy Idol? Who would win in a fight? One of the Billies. Idol or Joel? Now or then? (laughs) We just had a band called Idol Joel. No, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, in the 80s, my money's on Idol in the 2020s. Pre-motorcycle accident. Pre-motorcycle. In the 2020s, I don't know. Uh, Billy Joel is pretty happy now, so I imagine he's, uh, you know, he can. You know uh, that. um, What's that Billy Idol song where the video is just him on like a screen and there's like a naked woman writhing around on the floor because he couldn't be in the video because he just had his motorcycle accident. accident. Is that Moni Moni? Shit. I can't remember. Did it go full circle? Maybe. But you know who directed that? Toby Hooper. The. Of, Texas, uh, Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame. fame wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Cool director. I like his filmography. Yeah, he has a lot of interesting, uh, interesting work there. So okay, so money, money, money. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a fun one. And you have any other thoughts, or should we just get right? Uh, yeah, I just put Gaga esque in my Gaga. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Let's see. Uh, how about about 35 seconds in? Let's see what we get here. Money, money, money by Abba. I don't like the look of this. Money, money, money. Must be funny in the rich man's Great stuff. 
very very campy very high high like must be funny yeah just fun just fun man you put uh in your notes here disco cabaret it's yes it's i mean it is disco cabaret it's like what what's your face amanda palmer right that annoying Mm -hmm. what's your face it's like what she aspires to but fails miserably at is kind (laughs) of like you know this kind of gothic disco cabaret yeah Uh, but fuck her she is terrible human being um anyways here's a little bit more of money 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 that the truth <clears throat> yeah just great i love those guitar lines like kind of like searing guitar lines but but pare down a bit in the mix oh just, yeah yeah it's always really great okay let's move on we got track five off of side two the sos last, the last song on the last side of the first disc from self-titled album 1975 this and this one Anderson yeah. Anderson Ulvius. Yeah, so another one with uh Stig, their manager. This one's probably be my favorite song of really? theirs. Yeah, maybe one of my favorite songs. I mean, definitely one of my favorite songs of all time. Wow. Uh it's one of my favorite songs by them as well. I really yeah, I love this song. Uh Glam, a- glammy as hell. Glammy as all get out. I, wrote, I mean, I wrote here glam, Bowie, and Mott the Hoople vibes. Yeah, uh, really, it does. Yeah. Which I know, I think Mott the Hoople is very underrated in, in a lot of ways, uh, or maybe overshadowed is a better word uh, by other bands. But uh, I really like that first Mott the Hoople record. It's really good. Uh, I guess they just come off of like, well, that's all Bowie. He produced it. It's just exactly. Like yeah. Bowie B sides or whatever. It's more I like than that, that one though, song. Great. Aren't they the, all the young back, dudes? Back in the New York group. <laughs> Uh, but is SOS is, it, is that them? I don't know. Uh, I know the dude from Kiss does one a yeah. version of that. But uh, SOS, the song was influenced by the Phil Spector Wall of Sound production style and, mm-hmm. and the melodies of the Beach Boys, which you could definitely, definitely hear. Oh, yeah, here. for sure. Uh, they and, do do a wall of sound. That's what I would yes. get. What they do, that layered kind of wall of sound. Yeah, but it's not like like specter's wall of sound is kind of dense yeah like there theirs has air in it like it, it feels more uh like you can breathe right like mm-hmm. the phil specter wall of sound like it's great and i love it like i especially love that the christmas record which i'm looking forward to hearing again uh, oh, this yeah. month. oh yeah but it can be a little bit i can't quite find the right word but it can be a little bit uh, claustrophobic. Uh, claustrophobic that's a great word for it yes whereas this sounds very uh, inviting and open and mm-hmm. uh while still being very layered and dense in a way but yeah so Olvea said that after three years of trying to figure out what style would define them abba found it its identity with the release of this track so kind of according to them kind of the defining track for them yeah um, that makes sense totally it kind of does it kind of showcases everything they do well 
you know, it's a really killer song from songwriting perspective and produce the production is excellent. So, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's, he said that like, uh, yeah, this is the one. Yeah. Um, ultimate, ultimate slapper, all time slap. Did you have a, a specific part you want to call out or should we just, uh, I mean, I like the beginning a lot, the all intro. Right. All right. From the tippy here is S O S by ABBA. get to the chorus here because it is one of their better one of the more yeah, i like, love the the ramp up yeah it really delivers let's see here all right hold on let's get this back up just a bit so we get that full flavor So fucking good. Yeah, that heavy. It's like gets so heavy with the drum sound. Like that bass drum that just like kind of echoes. Like yeah. It's hits so hard. The drums on this every time is what I kind of realize how much I love ABBA because it's like, yeah, it's some of the best drumming ever. It's it's really good, really interesting, like what it fills and things and, and interesting little flourishes and the production obviously is killer, but yeah, really kind of underappreciated aspect of them is the rhythm section, which is mm-hmm. just always on top, like tight, yeah, funky. tight, 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 funky, like flowing, yeah. just, just a, a groove machine really. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit more SOS and then we'll move on to uh side three track one. We only got six more sides. <laughs> great okay let's move on flip that record over side three we got a little chiquitita chiquitita yes from voulez-vous 1979 another anderson this joint yeah one of their spanish inspired songs Mm -hmm. this song is funny i had such a journey with this song because i was like Oh, maybe this is one of the wax or one of the it's just, it's like a silly ass song. And I was like, maybe this is one of the few ABBA songs I don't really like. Yeah. But then it's like I gave it like 10 more listens. And it was just <laughs> stuck in my head for fucking weeks. And I was like, I was talking to Kiki about it. I was like, 
oh, you know what? That song kind of grew on me, actually. And she's like, yeah, isn't that the whole point of ABBA? Like, <laughs> you listen to their songs like twice and they're just ingrained in your mind. <laughs> it really, I mean, yeah, it, it, their songs etch themselves into your brain for sure. I can see that with this one. This one's, it's an interesting song. I mean, Caleb kind of alluded to it being a little bit, you know, uh, in hindsight, maybe being a little bit, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, what's like they were appropriative or something. Appropriating. Yeah, that's it. Uh, They're appropriating the culture or something. I don't know. I think they have a genuine appreciation. Yeah, they seem to have an affinity for Spanish language music. so. So. you know, I can see it both ways, but yeah, th- it's interesting because this one was influenced directly by a Peruvian sound. So it's it influenced by the uh, Peruvian song El Condor Pasa, if I could, as performed by Simon and Garfunkel. And if you listen to that song, it has the Peruvian flute and it has a very, you know, kind of Spanish sounding uh, rhythm and stuff. So I can see how that influenced them here. Um, this song was also recorded in Spanish uh, for their Spanish language release, Gracias por la Musica. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this, and it's also interesting that they put this one next to Fernando. I don't know. That might uh, also yeah. kind of play into that kind of appearance of like it being, a you know, more Spanish sweet. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, a little mini, you know, sweet. And then mini, the other mini, one, and then they go into Bully French Boo. after that. Yeah. Mini, little mini romance language kind of thing. Going around the world. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't dislike this song. I think it's it's got a nice outro. It's bombastic and bouncy and fun. Mm-hmm. And there's a great des- descending piano detail. So I don't know. I don't mind it. It's not one of my favorite songs, but I, I don't think any song on this are are duds or anything. Yeah. So yeah, um, the outro, the piano outro yeah. is awesome. It's yeah, like its, its own little instrumental song at the end. Right. It's kind of the the Layla, you know, Layla piano kind of bifurcated kind of thing where it's like the ending is kind of this whole other bit but of a piece with the uh the song mm-hmm. um, so yeah let's hear a little bit of chiquitita chiquitita. Uh, chiquitita it's let's see let's start about a minute in and see what we get i'm a shoulder you can cry on Definitely doing a little accent yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> the guitar is fucking dope, though. It's yeah, it's really good, and that's I think that's where they pulling where they're pulling from the um, oh, Condor Pass. Oh uh, yeah, Condor, El Condor Pasa. But yeah, they're definitely putting a little bit of uh, pepper on the, the vocals, <laughs> which little, you know, uh, it's too much uh, tapatio on that one. <laughs> it's sort of like your friend that went to like Spain for like a month and they come yeah, back and they, they, back. Have, they have the uh, you know they're talking about Barcelona and stuff and it's like ah, come <laughs> on, bro. <laughs> but anyways, let's hear a little bit of that uh, that outro, uh, which I I really love the outro. So here, here is some more of. Chiquitita by Abba. That's like Beatles right here. I love that part. I want them to just like do a whole like 
five minute version of just that piano <laughs> soloing. Yeah, that descending piano thing. So good. So good. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think I agree with you on it. Like it wasn't necessarily my favorite song, as I said, but it grows oh, on me every time I hear it, man. Yeah, I've come full circle. I love that song now. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. All so, right. Song two off of side three. We have Fernando. A big one. Yeah. From their greatest hits. Yeah, that was I thought that was interesting. Is this was um not from any of their studio albums. It was yeah, because they released like two albums and then they had a greatest hits. Yeah, so this was originally a single. Um, and this one's by but also is includes Stig Anderson in the songwriting credits. Uh, but it was originally released as a solo single by Annie Fried Linkstad. So oh, wow. it was originally an Annie Fried song, and then they decided to make it a full band song. Um, nice. but the name Fernando was allegedly inspired by a bartender of the same name who worked at the club that the band frequented. So Caleb wasn't too far off by saying it was some uh, random person, <laughs> you know, random Portuguese guy or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, this song is a slapper. Yeah, I, I really like the song. I mentioned the little the the Malcolm in the Middle kind of anecdote. Now, Adrian, yeah, I remember when I was listening to this, we we're getting ready, gearing up for this episode. Yeah, I text you. I was like, "Am I crazy, or does the beginning of this song sound like Strawberry Jam era Animal Collective? <laughs> like it sounds yeah. like that song number one, that like weirdo kind of." And it's like Is that I the one with to- the. No, Where never mind. Like the... Yes. Yeah. I think they performed that one on Conan. Conan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. We'll hear a little bit of that and then we can kind of discuss further. But here's here's that intro to Fernando uh, from the tippy top. Highlights the weirdness of them, which is what I yes. like about this. And the Disney strings here. Couldn't you just hear Avatar like yelping on this? <laughs> kind of Maricone esque. Yeah, very, very cinematic. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? And then yeah, it goes into a kind of military march sort of thing. No, no, it gives me Animal Collective vibes. I could see it those disney strings and then like yeah for sure that like uh, marching drum kind of thing yeah uh which really kind of works going into like the the kind of more shuffly chorus and then yeah i think the song really really takes off on that chorus so let's see if we can get to that here's about 120 in Just so catchy, like so so catchy, and I really mm-hmm. love the baseline on the chorus. It's yeah, great stuff, fantastic. Then yeah, you know I don't really care if they're appropriating or whatever because it's so <laughs> fucking good. Like you know maybe that's wrong of me to say or believe, but man, I because I get I, I don't think it's coming from any malice in their heart. Yeah, it was like it was Fernando. Fernando's like a Spanish bartender. Who cares? They're white. Spain is white. Like yeah, right, exactly. European. 
but yeah, this is again, yeah, no, another one of their more well-known songs, but you know, it's it it still hits, it's still great. Oh yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, song number three off of side three, voulez-vous? Voulez-vous, which means, means, uh, what does it mean? I want you. Does it mean I, that? I don't know. It means Je I should know. I, I need Ooh. to get my. Uh, I just got uh, back from Paris, man. I lost <laughs> right. all my fucking French, dude. Yay, user lose it. <laughs> it means do you want? Oh, do you, oh yes, that makes Voulez-vous, sense. Do you want to spend the night with me? Right? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Lady Marmalade, another great seventies uh, disco track. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, I gotta say this: France, yeah. Paris, terrible yeah. music. Wow, terrible. really? Every bar you go to is just shit. Like oh. remixes of like, oh, it's like terrible, like. 2000 remixes of like yeah. 70s song i heard European a surprising amount of eminem it was like ugh. <laughs> what i was okay. like dude get your shit together all right but then you'd go into some bar and they'd just be playing like celine dion it's like okay that's all right, fair enough <laughs> fair enough yeah i mean i like i i do i like french music but europeans yeah they have some uh some questionable tastes when it comes to, <laughs> to some some sort some of the music but yeah voulez vu from is a titular track from the voulez vu album from 79 it was the song's melody was written during a trip to the bahamas and i think you Ooh. can definitely kind of feel that the were they chilling track. with the the freaking what's the name shakespeare and the oh uh god what we just talked about them not too i long know ago. the uh the reggae guys, Sly and Robbie, Sly and no. Robbie, are they? Uh, yeah, they were the they had the Bahamian yeah, studio, right? Yes, right. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, where was Robbie I Shakespeare and Robbie Sly Shakespeare? Dun- there you go, Sly Dunbar. So yeah, the song's melody was written during a trip to the Bahamas. The backing track was recorded in Miami at Criteria Studios, one of the few of these tracks recorded outside of Sweden, uh, with members of the disco group Foxy, who are kind of a little little lesser known track uh or uh band but if you heard mm-hmm. some of their music you'd be like oh okay and this was the same studio where the bgs recorded their disco era hits so definitely some uh you know studio vibes there i i wrote here that this sounds like spy soundtrack disco uh which is a good thing i really love that it's a really funky song and it does feel kind of more miami american funk inspired than yeah than like euro inspired for, for a lot of these other tracks like the horns and things are nice detail but uh yeah it feels very very miami kind of beachy kind of thing for sure so i have in my notes just disco exclamation exclamation <laughs> exclamation point because it's like yeah if you didn't think abba was disco but you hear this song it's like dude this is funky ass fucking disco like they're really just like, hey, let's write a fucking disco song. I know. I mean, you know, I think, you know, they were probably on vacation, probably drinking some rum, probably, you know, getting into the, you know, whatever. Smoking weed Party with favors. Sly and Robbie. Yeah, exactly. And then they, they come up with this funky ass jam. And it's like, man. Yeah. They're like Studio 54. Here we come. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then picking up a genuine, like, actual, like, R&B, you know, funk band from from the States, like, boom, uh, you got some magic. But, yeah, here we go. Here is a little of Voulez-Vous. Let's start from about the just under a minute mark here. Thank you, Now it's all we get. 
That's fucking song goes crazy. <laughs> yeah, actually, shit let's hear goes. let's hear a little bit more of that because that shit's hard. <laughs> Here's the kind of spy. Yeah, it's like Blondie. It's like, it's like Fat uh, Freddy told me to get ready. <laughs> I I just picture like Timothy Dalton in like a yellow like oh uh, yeah like a yellow Ferrari yeah. you know like cruising <laughs> on, on the Alps or something. Um, yeah, you might say it's Shagadelic, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I love that song. Horns, so much horns. Yeah, horns sounding great. Just yeah, you're right. It's very Miami cocaine. Yeah, you can hear the you can hear like the the grinding teeth on this glasses, like gigantic glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Those and like those those rose ones, you know, that kind of have the the yeah the the rose tint. Just boom, yeah. Like those, uh, I, uh, like Miles Davis, like nineteen eighty seven glasses. Yes, exactly. Spot on. Yeah, I, I really love this track. Let's hear a little bit more towards the end here. But yeah, one one other fun, one more fun tracks. One of the just a killer track. So here we go. Here's some Vooly Voo from around the four minute mark. crazy that they just have that in their back pocket like let's make a funk <laughs> song and it's like so fucking so good like with the bongo drums and shit oh my god yes everything every like detail about it is just like oh well, like we're just gonna make one the, the best kind of you know yeah and it's uh, like wait Miami that's not, disco song that you've ever and heard. it's like that's not your primary mode you like don't always sound like that but you can just <laughs> like do that that's insane yeah, exactly. Just just for like, oh, we're we're on vacation, and we're having a good time, and we wrote this track, and it's just and it like, doesn't feel uh, gimmicky, like like uh, no, like rock rock stars trying to do their disco cash in song. Yeah, it's not like the Stones or whatever, which I love. I like the I disco like those Stones, songs too, but yeah. <laughs> it's not like that, right? Where it's like yeah. white dude trying to get funky. Like it it, it yeah, is that, but it's it's too fake faking the stank. Yeah, like no fake say. stank, as Caleb would say, right? <laughs> yeah, this is legit stank. Yeah. Um, yeah, great, great stuff. Stinky song. Okay, next right. song, song four off of side three. Gimme, 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 gimme some more. This is their <laughs> cover of Black Flag song, of course. No, 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 actually, uh, no, it's not, but uh, uh, no, gimme, 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 parentheses. We got our first parenthetical song, A Man After Midnight. Yes, from Greatest Hits Volume Two. Damn, they got so many greatest hits. So many that they got to have two for both volumes of greatest hits from 79. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of hits when your songs off of previous greatest hits show up on a greatest hits. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, now, as funky as Boulay Boo was, I think this is their funkiest song. Oh, my God. That's possible to get funkier than that last song. It, it uh, Yes, exactly. It's funny that they put these two together. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a little mini disco night. Right. It's like right before we get into the last side here, we're going to make you dance your ass off. Uh, I really love the funky slap bass on here. It just it's so good. Such a good groove. 
there's some killer chorus vocals and then like there's the funk there's an actual funk breakdown like and it kind of points the way towards like 80s sort of synthy funk yeah Um, sure it's yeah and then this was uh the melody is played on an arp odyssey synthesizer which if you're a synthesizer head since synthesizer head you know the the arp odyssey was one of the uh the first big ones there it was recorded as Dame 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 for their sandwich Ooh, like Spanish like language album Gracias por la Musica. So uh yeah, another another banger that they uh they translated into the Spanish. And uh yeah, I haven't actually listened to that one in a long time, so I don't remember it too well. But man, I, I think I gotta you know, give Gracias por la Musica a spin, or uh, or I should mm-hmm. I say oro, probably. Uh, oro, yeah. Dame, dame, dame. I need some more. <laughs> oh god. Uh, is that the uh, is that the the Black Flag version or is that the <laughs> yeah. a, uh, the what uh, what's that band? <laughs> Shit, now I'm blanking on it. That did the cover, the full cover uh, record of it. Oh, Dirty Projectors. Dirty Projectors. Yes. <laughs> oh, come on, don't bring them up on the Abo episode. <laughs> don't bring the vibe down. <laughs> um, okay, let's hear this thing. Yeah, I'll, let's. Uh, I'll start this one off from the tippy top. Let's say. Uh, so here we go. Here is a, a tip little, to the uh, drip. <laughs> here is a little gimme, gimme, gimme. Parentheses. A man after midnight. The song is wet. This is water. <laughs> <laughs> it is a juicy, juicy song. Here we go. Pablo Escobar, <laughs> Griselda. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's possible for a song to give you the drip, but I think this one's giving me the drip. Uh, if you know, you know out there. Anyways. Dude, that has to be, yeah, Ghostface has to sample that shit or something. <laughs> that shit like is a story cold, song. Man. Yeah, it's so cold. Um, yeah, it's great. I wrote this has, kind of has like Nintendo game synth vibes, which is oh, for sure great. Yeah, oh, man, so good. Such a good groove. That's Let's amazing. Get... Definitely got that Donna Summer, Giorgio Mo. Oh yeah, yeah. Vibe. The kind of sort of uh, you know uh, Gallic kind of synthesizer mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, um, that, or uh, what's her name? Wendy Houston's mom. Oh, Houston. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great, great song. Uh, Definitely another song in a movie where the the bottom hasn't fallen out on some <laughs> young criminal doing cocaine or whatever. It's yeah, he's still in the, uh, the good do my face part. <laughs> in the, yeah. Um, here we go. Here, so here's a little bit more of gimme, gimme, gimme. A man after midnight. Popping that baby. I mean, if you told me this was Quincy and Michael, like here, yeah, yeah I would believe you. It's like Graham Central Station up in here. <laughs> now that is from 1979. But it could have come out at any year in the 1980s and been just, oh yeah, you know, 
extremely spot on. Yeah, fucking great, great track. That show's sick. All right, we're coming down the home stretch. We got five songs left. Bear with Last us here, side. people. Side four. Last side. Give the old flippity flap. Um, and yeah, let's go drain the weasel and we'll come back. Come back, finish strong. Cool. All right, side four, track one. Does your mother know? This song is a great, like, finger wagon song. Yeah. It's like dressing down the the audience or something. <laughs> it's got like a school marm quality. Uh, Very, uh, you said Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that the whole time. Very Elton, kind of glammy 70s crocodile rock kind of uh honky chateau vibes um it's almost butt rock yeah almost but uh, they're better than that they would never stoop uh, to that level stoop to that level <laughs> um yeah I, I wrote here it's kind of a rocker uh with, oh, it's yeah. kind of nice kind of like bass uh guitar kind of mm-hmm. uh thing going on here with like kind of a chunky kind of uh bass guitar line um, oh, well, I, I forgot to say, it's another Voulez-Vous track from 79. Yes, and then this track was debuted. A lot of Voulez-Vous. That's one and, of the albums I don't own. I own almost all of theirs. I need to a, get that one. Yeah, that's actually surprising because it seems like that's one of their um, yeah, one of their more well-known ones. But yeah, this track was debuted on a Eurovision Network BBC TV special, ABBA in Switzerland. It's broadcast in April of 1979. So another uh, Eurovision debut. The demo featured uh, Ulveus on guide vocal, and it was later decided to keep this during the final recording process, leading to one of ABBA's more male vocal-dominated tracks. Well, so yeah, so it was originally going to have more female vocals, but then they they heard the the demo and they're like, ah, fuck it, like it sounds great with the B on it, so uh, let's uh, let's just go with that. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, as as you said, like yeah, I, I definitely had the kind of '70s Elton vibes on here. Uh, I, again, another really nice bridge. Yeah, nice bridge. Oh, speaking of bridges, just so we don't get the emails, it just occurred to me. I said Max von Sydow is in Bridge Over the River Kwai. No, it's, uh, it's Sir Alec Guinness. Yes, famous right? Sir Alec Guinness. Yes, we remember that stupid joke from like an hour ago. <laughs> I know. I I, uh, I didn't catch that either, but I should have because um, they could have played Brothers in a movie though. Uh, I'm surprised they never did. They got a similar look. Yeah. I guess um, the ages are different, though. Uh, but yeah, but no, uh, Alec Guinness same, is uh, agreeing in that film. And uh, yeah, one of the uh, yeah one of the all-time great films. But uh, anyway, did you have any other thoughts on Does Your Mother Know? Or should we just jump in? That's a uh, great intro. Let's hear the intro. Ah, okay. Uh, from the top, here is Does Your Mother Know by ABBA. You are now entering the atmosphere. <laughs> it does feel like a futuristic like rollerblade movie yeah. or something. So oh, good. Like you. Oh man. All right. Here's a little bit further in. Let's see. 
fantastic stuff here. Does your mother know? By Abba. see if i can get to that bridge hold on one second i think it's around here yes okay they're almost affecting like a punk rock voice or a british voice <laughs> kind of a johnny rock good stuff Kind of reminds me in spirit a little of uh, Tie Your Mother Down by Queen, the aforementioned Queen. Mm, yes. um, kind of a similar rocker, different different vibes though. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like that track. I, it was one of the ones that I was not as familiar with. Uh, yeah, you kind of forget about that forget one. Forget about that one, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's a nice kind of, uh, it was a nice surprise to get to know this one a little bit better again. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, let's, uh, shall we move on? Yeah, let's do side four, track two. One of us from my favorite album, album The Visitors, 1981. Great. Um, I like, we don't get a lot of uh, visitors. This is the only one, huh? Uh, I, is it the only one? I thought there was two. Maybe there might be two, which is surprising. Yeah, I'm surprised they picked this song. Like you would think they would do like Cassandra or something. Maybe they were saving that for uh, part two. Well, or two, yeah, um, yeah, it is the only one from visit the visitors. If uh, if uh, my listings are correct here, yeah, Abba. Wait, what if they had Abba Oro two colon the search for Curly's gold? <laughs> uh, um, what a bad movie! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one that's bad. The first one's good. I watched it the other day, holds up, yeah. Didn't we watch it at um. Uh, someone's bachelor party, I believe. Sounds like something we do. I believe we did. Good times. Got That's a like Billy. a feels like yeah, some lie. And you come uh, home to your wife and be like, "What'd you guys do? Well, we watched City Slickers." She's like, "Bullshit! What did <laughs> yeah, you right. actually do?" <laughs> no, we we really did. We watched City Slickers. <laughs> it was very wholesome. <laughs> uh, Bruno Kirby, baby. That's a he's creating that. Uh, um, this song I said has like. Almost like a reggae vibe. Mm. Almost like a Sly and Robbie kind of yeah. vibe to it. Strings, but also has operatic. It has it all. This, it has this is of, a great sleeper, too. Where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, this song's great. Uh, totally. But it has, the, I like, I, I know you're about the muted guitar lines, which are totally kind of like reggae or, mm -hmm. um, yeah, reggae or Jamaican music-esque or whatever, uh, with that kind of like uh, muted choppy guitar stuff. But th this one, despite misgivings from Andrew Stig Anderson and its somewhat depressing lyrics, the song was released as the first single from the Visitors album, eventually becoming the group's final number one hit. Uh, wow. so, so yeah, that was the last number one for them. It was the first single issued after the two couples divorced and was their last major hit for 40 years. Uh, so yeah, kind of a kind of a bittersweet song in, 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 with that kind of history, but yeah, it's a little syrupy with the strings and stuff in the intro. But I again, I agree. I, I like this song. 
but yeah, definitely some, uh, you know, definitely some divorce vibes out of this one. Um, yeah, but that's the thing a, with ABBA. They contain multitudes. It's not yeah. just all, you know, tossed off, disposable pop lyrics. They're, they're, they have uh, stories to tell. Yes, they've lived lives, these uh, these Swedes. And they, uh, they're, they're talking about it. They're writing about it. Yeah, so here we go. How about a little bit from, let's do... About 40 seconds in. Let's see what we get. Here is One of Us from The Visitors by Abba. I like no doubt. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Everything seems so Stefani's gonna cover this. Now it's different. I want you to know. Great chorus. Great, yeah, great track. It's like the saddest happy song. Yeah, it's definitely a, a smiling with tears in your eyes. Kind <laughs> yeah, of song, yeah, for sure. Here's a little bit more from uh, around the 215 mark. One of us had to go. Now I've changed and I want you to know. One of us is crying. One of us is lying. Even only Staring at the ceiling. Uh, well, actually, there's some nice vocal layers here. Yeah, maybe I missed it. But there's a great... weird bass line. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a burbling bass line. <laughs> yeah. um, burbling bass. They, uh, yeah, there's some great vocal layers with uh, with Annie and um, Aunt. What is it? Aunt... I always fuck. Annafred. Annafred, yes. Great, great stuff here. And yeah, it definitely feels like a like a last kind of like a final track for sure but mm -hmm. it, it really works even though it is yeah kind of a kind of a bummer but as we said yeah it's uh you know it's smiling through your tears baby all right let's go side four track three yes. the name of the game off of abba the album from 1977 yes uh and this one the opening riff on bass and synthesizer was inspired by i wish by stevie wonder from songs in the key of life a great oh, great record great, a great great, great song. song yes yeah. love that record a preliminary version of the song was worked into the 1977 feature film abba the movie for which it was written mm -hmm. so this was one of the one of the handful of songs that you mentioned from the the film there yeah this one was another one where I wrote about how like they have Beatles, there's some nice Beatles horns and strumming acoustic. This one felt like to me like an 80s song again and kind of like a proto like a proto Fleetwood Mac 80s sound like that kind mm -hmm. of more polished Fleetwood Mac of the 80s. But yeah, I really like it. Sorry, go ahead. And you sound like you're going to add some lesson. Oh, here. no, I was going to agree with you, like because you put like 80s kind of sound, but it's crazy because it's like 77. And it feels like it took everybody else like five years to catch up mm -hmm. to this kind of style of pop music that they were laying down. 
which seems like to be the case a lot with these songs where people are ripping the ripping on ripping this stuff but they're, they're way ahead of the game on a lot of this stuff it's, mm-hmm, it's kind of incredible sure. and i like how this album is structured the gold where it's like you get you know their how it jumps around chronologically but it really mm. fits it does it's not jarring at all i don't think any most greatest hits would never really do that right i think bob marley legend did that a little bit the eagles uh, kind of did too but not as well yeah not as well yeah so it's kind of cool how they're so they have just that singular sound where you can definitely follow the progression of the band but like they're always just come back to that sound yeah, it's I mean the the sequencing on this is really killer. I don't know if the the band or the record company you know was responsible for that, but like you're saying like it doesn't go it's not chronological, but it it's logical. You know, it mm-hmm. it feels like accurate to what their their evolution yeah. is and um, feels like a like a epic double album. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean it is kind of an epic double album, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a sense. Uh but but with you know greatest their greatest singles greatest hits um so yeah here's a little bit of the name of the game let's try from about a minute five and see what we get here we go Yeah, that's very like 70s AM radio type stuff. Singer songwriter. Yes, and then it goes into kind of a more 80s esque sound. Here we go. Here's a little bit more. Just great stuff. Great, yeah. great stuff. All right. All right. We're almost done here. Getting Two songs the left. Last, uh, yeah. Getting to the last we stretch here. Song number four off of side four. Thank you for the music. What you think would be the last song on the album, right? Mm-hmm. Strange that they put Waterloo as last, but whatever. I guess kind of saved the best for last or the their first song comes last. But anyways, thank you for the music. Um, uh, what did I say about this song in my notes? Let me see here. Oh, I put a Baroque kind of closer of a song. Maybe a song, I don't know if they oh, this is also off ABBA the album from 77. It's kind of like yeah, you could leave this off or on maybe one of the more forgettable songs on this album. I don't know. What did you yeah. think? You like this song? I like this song, but it's definitely not 
one of my favorites, let's say, but I, I don't know. I, I agree. I don't think if you lost the song, it wouldn't necessarily be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't mind it being here. It, the first recording of it was inspired by artists such as Doris Day with kind of a jazzy cabaret feel, but they re-recorded it with uh, this kind of more well-known arrangement, pop arrangement. It was used as the ending encore paired with the girl with golden with the golden hair it's part of a mini musical suite on their 1977 European Australian tour. And it definitely yeah. like it definitely feels like that. It definitely feels like a part of a bigger piece or definitely part of a musical. Like set a theatrical. It feels like a song in like a concept album or something. Yes. Like, oh, this is part of the story or some character <laughs> comes on and sings right. a song. Or something. We mentioned uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. This This is kind of like that's kind of how this could be like, you know, this could be on an album like that where there is this yeah. overarching concept. And then, yeah, you end with this where it's like the band is thinking, you know, the band is, is kind of going, you know, uh, talking about uh, how great music is and, and thank you for, you know, whatever. Uh, it's it's fantastic, but it definitely has that feel of, of like, yeah. Um, yeah, the musical set piece, the big choruses you know the the piano and it, it feels appropriate for the end of the of the comp but but yeah it's interesting that it's the the penultimate versus the the last song um because mm-hmm. it does feel like it's a capper maybe it's more like this is the capper and then here's a little treat at the end here's a little like uh yeah they keep one they want to live leave you on a high note or almost like waterloo is the first song because then you just flip up the record over started <laughs> exactly. all over again. Yeah. Uh, which I did a few times while listening to this. Yeah. There's a few, there's, it's definitely one of those ones where it's like you could play it back again and still have a great time, you know? It's like, and, a, uh, what's that thing called? The snake eating its the Uraburus? Uraburus effect. <laughs> but, anyways, before we get to Waterloo, here I feel is, like we're jumping over. Thank you yeah, for the music. Here is thank you for the music. And I'll get this at around, let's see, let's try, let's try about a minute 30 and see what we get. <clears throat> here is thank you for the music by Abba. She says I began to sing long before I could talk. And I've often wondered how did it all start. Like you can just picture like a chorus line singing that, oh, like yeah. dancing, you know, the big show stopping end piece. Like it totally fits that vibe. It probably ends the Mamma Mia musical, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's like the credit music or something. Yeah. Maybe uh if you've seen the film, chime in on the <laughs> uh, on the, our socials. Uh but here's a little bit more and then we'll get to uh to our last song here. For giving it to me. 
Thank you. All Emma. right. The last song, number Here five. The big one. Waterloo. The one 1974. Anderson Anderson and Olivius off of the album Waterloo, aka the album with all their names. Uh man, what can you say about this song? Such a classic. To come right out of the gate. If they only ever won that Eurovision song contest <laughs> and just had this song, it'd still get played for decades upon decades. Yes. If this was just the one hit wonder, if Waterloo was just like, you know, if they were just one of those one off bands, like it probably should you know, have whatever. been, right? I mean, odds I, are yeah. it usually is, right? But right. Had right. So many they could have easily come. been relegated to yeah to the uh to the kind of um you know the trivia kind of question like who who, a... who had the song waterloo or whatever <laughs> yeah such a great pop song but it speaks to how weird they are because it's like such a strange metaphor for a love song talking about like <laughs> the, the, the battle of waterloo. napoleon's <laughs> like lost battle yeah. that, like put an end to his his reign it's like so weird i mean i kind of get it right like i kind of oh, yeah. get it is like we've all been there right <laughs> but it's a song i've heard like a thousand times and yeah. then finally one day i was like wait wait what are these lyrics and i kind of <laughs> was like oh okay okay you don't really make the connection it's just kind of like waterloo okay i get it like it's and then you like start thinking about it as like oh it's a reference to to the actual but it's so funny because they're like hey we have this this song contest we must win it <laughs> Let's write. Right. And this like, was written specifically to be entered into the 74 song yeah, contest. And it's so. like people love like love songs, you know, longing for love. It's like, oh, I got <laughs> yeah. it. Napoleon's Waterloo. <laughs> Nothing. Everyone knows Waterloo, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm guessing this is before the musical, right? Uh, oh, is it, yeah. Is that a musical, dude. right? Waterloo. Is that? I can't remember. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so this is the this is their first kind of major, big, huge song, the the song that broke them, uh, you know, in the popular culture, uh, and it was uh, top the charts in a lot of uh, countries, including uh, the top ten in the U.S. So it was yeah, a you top know, of our top of the charts, top of our hearts. <laughs> and with that note, let's uh, hear this bad boy. Let's start. The, you gotta you gotta start this one from the top, right? I mean, uh, it's one of the most classic intros of all time. Yeah, so here we go. Here is Waterloo by Abba. So, so good yeah i can see like uh bruce springsteen covering the shit out of that like the east street band bruce springsteen i was gonna say who's the who's the guy the artist that did all the songs from the vacation movie oh shit you know you know what i'm talking oh, about yeah like, i, I can totally picture a version of this song by that guy uh, he God, did a bunch it? of soundtracks at the time it's not all right i gotta look this up now it's not the guy that did like it's not the 
uh dance guy the what's the kevin bacon movie oh is it's lindsey buckingham okay I thought, I oh yeah yeah lindsey buckingham but vacation uh, no wait that's holiday row oh yeah i was thinking uh, of who's the one that does the like he had all those 80s soundtracks yes that too uh oh uh what's the dance movie where they outlaw dance <laughs> um um not flash, not flash dance, dance. another one Kevin Bacon joint. Um, Bucket, Footloose. 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 Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Kenny Loggins, for sure. Loggins. Yes. Loggins and Messina. Totally. Totally, totally see a version of log, uh, this song by Loggins. But that just goes <laughs> to show like how, you know, uh, how great of a song this is and how the production is just killer and spot on. I mean, those horns. Oh, yeah. The chunky acoustic strumming, the kind of 50s rock and roll bass line, the soaring vocals. The you know the clanging honky pianos, everything about this is just fucking fantastic. Like you know, I, you know, I think that they they were thinking like, well, if we're gonna have one shot at this, we got to put it all in here. Put it you all know? in there. If we're gonna blow sure. our load early, we got to fucking make sure that it's worth it. And man, they really they really nailed it. And then to go on and just make all this other all these other tracks like incredible. I wonder. I've never gone back and listened to like what the other songs were in oh, that contest um, yeah like 74 <laughs> eurovision probably a lot of crap uh, i mean yeah probably just terrible shit there but always is but there might i gotta imagine the judges or whoever votes on that is it like is it like the people that vote for that but i believe you i believe it was like a telephone thing right where you call in oh you call something in like okay, that, that competition. but i feel like just off that intro alone they're like oh okay pack it up yeah Game's totally. over. That's the ball game, folks. They won. So, so looking at the list here, I mean, obviously there's a lot of artists that I wouldn't know because they're specific to their countries, you know. Uh, but along with ABBA, there's Olivia Newton-John with Long Live Love, which oh, uh, cool. And then there's, that's the only one that I recognize, but there's a bunch of artists here who seem like they could be very interesting. And then, yeah, Waterloo ended up winning. Nice. And total with a total score of twenty four, which is uh, looks like it's about ten points higher than every uh, than the highest of the others. Or actually, Netherlands got fifteen. So twenty four. Uh, What's the scale? That's weird. I don't. I, th- I think it's a points thing. It looks like the voting. Every uh, country yeah, got a like, vote. Oh, I see how uh, it is. Okay, so every country gets a vote uh, or voting, um, and then uh, yeah, so Sweden got twenty four total votes uh, and won. Damn, it's yeah. a proud day for the swedes i wonder that hopefully they still celebrate it you know waterloo day oh they must (laughs) all right well we did it this is that we got through all of them yeah we finished up let's do uh what are your whacker slaps adrian Uh, i mean i don't have any wax maybe like a couple are like "Eh, i don't know why that's on the greatest hits but like nothing i'm mad at i'll just give you a quick Mm -hmm. slapper list yeah. Uh, knowing me, knowing you, mm-hmm. take a chance on me. SOS, probably my mm-hmm. favorite. Fernando, and yeah, maybe like Voulez Vous, one of the funky songs. Yeah, that'd nice. be it. I mean, I, that's essentially my list. I I couldn't. I had a real hard time cutting mine down, so I have like fucking. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, which is basically all of the ones you listed, plus Gimme, 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 which I really like, Waterloo, which I really like, and then uh, Lay All Your Love on Me, and Winter Takes It All. 
Uh, oh, uh, I think I forgot. I mean, Dancing Queen and Waterloo. I think yeah. those two songs are I like think, such definitive. What? Abba yeah, thing. I think that goes without saying that those two are yeah. just on the list. Beyond slaps. But yeah, Wooly Voo, Money, 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 SOS. All of those are just oh boy, fantastic. So and yeah, good. no, no wax, no, no wax. Um, yeah. As you man. said, there's maybe some stuff where like if we wanted to, if we, if we, you know, they're like, well, we Trim need it. to cut, you know. Yeah. 10 minutes 15 minutes then okay i could see cutting a few but man like just going through this it's like you don't you don't get tired of these songs it's it's incredible uh yeah for sure um so what do you rate this yeah oh well i feel like i should give it a 10 but i don't know i'll do like nine because there is so many songs it's not like perfect even though this is like one of my favorite bands I don't know. I'll give it like a nine five. Wow. Uh, what do you give it? I was going to say nine five as well. I think, yeah, it's, I think as a band, they're a 10. I think this compilation is very excellent, but I agree. I think, I don't know if it's necessarily pairing back. You get trimmed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it may be just a couple, a little bit of a trim, a little haircut. And this will be, this, this would enter the 10 range mm -hmm. as it is. It is a little long. I mean, it comes out to what, let's see an, an hour, hour 18. Yeah. That's pretty long. And then you have another whole, whole other volume of, of more hits and <laughs> top of the, the Spanish. So there's a lot of stuff here. I don't know. Yeah. I think 9.5. So let's see, what is that? even out to <laughs> nine. nine i'm gonna guess nine five exactly all right uh let's see so nine five whatever happened to this band they're on like a hologram tour or some bullshit yeah so maybe uh, one day they'll do a real tour although maybe. i've heard they've got offered like insane yes. amounts of money to tour and they always turn it down i've heard this as well i've heard like a billion dollars that can't be true no, no i haven't heard a billion i've heard like <laughs> upwards of like i think it was a hundred million or something crazy like that i know like still... coachella offered them like 50 million dollars yes exactly so which you know of course everyone would love to see that. i mean but as you said they're still i don't know if they're still you know ill feelings or just they've grown apart who whatever the case is they haven't they've made a lot of decisions together but they haven't really yeah. appeared together right and they it could be like divorce issues oh, like maybe. money money stuff rights issues or something in. yeah so. maybe but then they they did as you said as you mentioned they do right now they're uh or this year they uh they are touring with have a, a new album? virtual band and they have a new album and new song which actually we didn't talk about that but the new songs are really good like so they're great surprisingly like yeah you would never i mean anytime a a, an, uh, a legacy artist comes back and then they release something new it's always kind of uh mm -hmm. it can be tricky right oh, uh yeah. i i mean look at the pixies for instance oh, um, you don't like indie cindy you don't oh, like Jesus. that album oh boy but uh but these guys yeah they came back and su surprisingly not only is are the songs good but it sounds like vintage abba it the you know it feels of a piece with the rest of their work and it's you know it's 30 40 years later right um mm -hmm. so yeah it's amazing and then yes they are touring with virtual avatars themselves uh, filling in so i looked into getting tickets to that and it's pretty 
pricey, but if you're out yeah. there, it might be worth it to go dance your ass off. Why not? If it was the real people, that'd be a $200 ticket for me <laughs> that I'd spend to buy it and go see him. Oh man. I, yeah. Hopefully, you know, who knows? Maybe one day. Yeah. Though we'll, we'll get that. But as of, as of now, I might uh, have to go to fucking Europe. Go see him. <laughs> do a, do a big boy, uh, Kate Bush thing where you, you track him down and be like, uh, yeah. I, I, you're my favorite artist. I would just really, I really love it. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, next episode. I don't know if we discussed this, Adrian, but I'm pulling an exact decision here. We're going oh back to the original recipe, Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie rock to determine if a band or even entire music genre is good or actually just a machine of his time. Whoa. I think we're going to take it back to 2002, 20 years ago. Yeah, we're fucking years. old. <laughs> um, let's do Interpol. Turn on the bright lights. Oh, all right. Great. O2. Uh, maybe Caleb will be back. He might get the trio back together. I know We're he's going to have some hot takes on them for sure. Yeah. Does that album age well? Oof, I don't know. It's a coin toss. If you're the Pitchfork uh, writers, it does not. They recently <laughs> uh, downgraded it. it. <laughs> no, they did. Um, th- did you see that article, right? Of, uh, oh, they reassessed. The yeah. reassessment, and because it was uh, the number one album of O2 on the Pitchfork list, I yes, believe. and yeah. it was high up on the 2000s list, and you know, uh, just continues to be praised. Mm-hmm. But but they, well, yeah, hey, they, with they lowered it from a ten to a seven point four, I believe. With like lyrics that. like "Subway is a porno," you know, how <laughs> can I age badly? Um, all right, let's. Uh, so look forward to that. 2002 Interpol turn on the bright lights and we're getting back to the original recipes. We'll try to get more consistency here with our episode releases. Uh, You know, whatever we're figuring it out. Uh, We've been doing it, been at it for like a year. Fuck. All right, let's do the outro. Thank you to Kiki Ontiveros for the most slapping of theme songs. Thank you, Adrian, for all your stellar production work. Check out our, our website, wackerslaps.com. Make sure to follow us on the socials at wackerslaps. Talk some shit via email at wackerslaps at gmail.com. For I am Noah, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, Waterloo. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Guten bye. <laughs> <laughs>